Hey Terry, pass the mashed potatoes. Butter. D does anyone need any butter? I could use some butter. Okay. I like butter. All right. Uh, yeah. Will you pass me the cream of asparag uh, asparagus, Jason? Yeah, Thanks. sure. All right. No problem. Thanks. John, that's enough corn. You know you can't digest corn. All right, everyone. Let's eat. Wait! You fucking savages. We forgot our Lord's Prayer. Come, Lord Freddy, be our, uh, our guest to be, and bless these gifts, our DVDs. And bless our loved ones from now to the past. And you're listening to Attack of the Killer Podcast. Oh. <laughs> oh, that was pretty sweet. Yeah! Attention planet Earth and beyond. Stay tuned for Attack of the Killer Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Attack of the Killer Podcast. I am your host, Insane Mike. It is the day after Thanksgiving, but this is our Thanksgiving-themed episode. Maybe not everybody celebrates on Thanksgiving. Maybe some people celebrate on Friday. So, um, so it's Turkey Day, and the only way we know how to celebrate Turkey Day on a movie podcast is to talk about turkey movies. What's that mean? Bad movies. Movies that are so bad, they transcend back to good. But before we get into any of that, it is time to introduce you to the podcast crew. He gets the honor of carving the turkey with a chainsaw, Jason Bollinger. All right, I love it. I love to carve. I love to chainsaw. Hello, everyone. <clears throat> He was found passed out under, on the bed underneath all the coats. John Stalter. <laughs> Hi, everybody. And that could be anybody's ass. <laughs> and last but not least, she watches Dawn of the Dead every year to prepare for Black Friday. Terry Turford. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, that would be awesome. I think I, I, I kind of hide, though. I don't really. I, I'm the, the hermit. <laughs> hey everyone! Uh, how's everybody doing? Good. I'm stuffed. Yeah. Good. I ate so much. I'm gonna have to go puke up some corn in a bit. <laughs> okay. So the topic is turkey movies, aka bad movies. Before oh. we get into the topic, it's time for a little bit of killer news. Here's the headlines in Killer News. AMC announces that there's going to be a Walking Dead amusement park attraction because AMC has not milked Walking Dead completely dry yet. Huh. Uh, the new ride will be called The Walking Dead Battle for Survival, and the International Association of Amusement Parks and Attractions said that the ride is designed and ready to go. 
Have you guys heard of this? No. Mm-mm. You guys think it'll be any good? Yeah. Fun sure. times. You guys Why think not? you guys think it'll come to an amusement park anywhere near us at all? Not even close. No. Nope. All right, then we'll move on. <laughs> Next up in the news, Pride, Prejudice, and Zombies. The trailer, if you haven't seen it yet, it's Woo! up. For, you should check it out. <laughs> Looks awesome. And the movie releases on February 5th of 2016. So not that far away. It's yeah, pretty it's exciting. Yeah, actually, the trailer came out a while back, but we're yeah, just not getting into it, but it's yeah. still awesome. Yeah, yeah. What did you guys think of the trailer? Who all have seen the trailer? Me. No? I figured you have, yeah. And you've read the book too, correct? I have. I, they've. This movie has been rumored and rumored again for like three years or more. I feel like it's just. Uh, so when they finally dropped an actual trailer, I freaked out. I'm so excited. It's going to be amazing. So I've never read the book, and you guys were all making fun of me before the show started about how it's got pictures. And so my experience with the book is based on the pictures that are in it. Um, I swear there was a picture of of ninjas crashing through a window and attacking yeah. zombies. So there's ninjas in it. Oh, yeah. There's, like, dojos and shit. Yeah. Uh, do you think there's gonna they're going to keep ninjas in the movie, too? Or? Well, there I was didn't... definitely some... Like, there was some... Samurai sword action for sure. Well, yeah, I my here's my worry. It's going to be one of those, like, you know, like a period piece or like, like one of those, um, like a Van Helsing or. Well, I mean, where just where they just out of nowhere they just uh, all of a sudden can fight really beautifully and choreographed and everything. Well, I mean, I mean, the whole premise is that it, it is—it's a period movie. I mean, it's set during the time of Pride and Prejudice, and so it's basically just that interlaced with all this weirdness that these these women, you know, like they're like the early feminists or whatever. But instead of you know reading books and being you know speaking and you know being leaders and whatnot, they're learning how to kill a bunch of zombies and be badasses. It's hilarious. Well, that, that was my that was my next question. Is the book played for comedy? Oh, yeah. Are you kidding? Yeah, it's so... It's well, basically, like... They basically took the original text. Like, the yeah. authors are noted... Like, they have split credit because it's the original text and it's just interlaced with all of this new material, like, to make it, uh, like, this one cohesive thing. It's so funny. See, that's that's always been my assumption, but the trailer looks like it's playing it really straight, like too straight. Well, you know, it's a trailer, so we'll have to. That's see. true. We've been we've been deceived by trailers before. It just, I don't know. I I the idea of it excites me because it's it's just something you wouldn't expect to see uh, be made. Uh, I remember when the book came out. I thought the idea was awesome and hilarious. Well, and I think that for I mean they they'll probably play it straight for the most part. Like I'm sure there's going to be some really cheesy stuff in there, but uh, I mean the comedy comes from just the situation. Like it's just ridiculous the entire time. Sure. 
I just, I don't know. I just worry about, like, you know, um, what was the... I'm trying to think of any... I can't think of any of the movies, like I, I, I Frankenstein or Van Helsing or, or um, I don't know, maybe even a little bit of uh, Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter in a way where the, con- the content was taken taken too seriously and it just it just came off as just like more just dumb action than it hmm. did you know what am i making any sense do you get more i'm going well from? i personally loved abraham lincoln vampire hunter i don't know if you have a problem with that movie but you know i like the book way more i actually haven't read that one but Whoa. Um, <laughs> I've read everything ever. Breaking news, but... ladies and gentlemen. There is a book that Terry has not read. That's killer news uh, right there. There there's a lot actually. <laughs> but uh Yeah, no, I don't I don't I think it'll be fun. Alright. Stop being such a pessimist. Oh my gosh. So <laughs> this was all when this book came out, this was also during the time of like, you know, it kinda I think I wanna jump back and say it kind of all started with the Zombie Survival Guide by Max Brooks. And then you got like Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter and then this book and all were really big sellers and then that, that just craze just exploded there for a little while. Oh, yeah. uh, what were some of the ones you meant you were mentioning before the show? Oh, there's so many, like Sense and Sensibility and Sea Monsters, uh, <laughs> Android Karenina, um, there's like Night of the Living Trekkies, like a Night of the Living Dead Star Trek spoof, um, oh my gosh, I can't even remember, there's so many, oh, there's, um, uh, man, uh, shoot mansfield park and mummies <laughs> there's just so many ridiculous ones i i haven't really read that many because i'm sure that they're not that good but this one yeah. is really well done and there's actually some graphic novels that they made of it as well that look awesome oh cool i know there was one i remember seeing it i don't remember the actual full title but it was a zombie themed one but it was with the wizard of oz yeah i don't i I don't remember seeing that one, but that sounds yeah. awesome. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so yeah. Um, if the trend was going to continue, I think War and Pieces would have been a good one. <laughs> <laughs> That's a metal album right there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'll save that for a metal album. There you go. I'm gonna save that for when I'm in a metal band. That's right. Sometime. <laughs> Eventually. <laughs> Perfect for ham. Bring it back. That's right. <laughs> Perfect for ham was more of the unplugged version of our metal band. Uh, sure. I, can't, I can't remember their name. <laughs> and that was actually the name of the band. I wow. can't remember their name. Mm-hmm. And I was always bummed we didn't go further with that because I wanted to play somewhere where it would say up on a marquee, now playing, I can't remember their name. <laughs> That's all I ever wanted. That's all I ever wanted. <laughs> all right, uh, what else we have in the news, Terry? Uh, there, they officially announced some more details about the next Alien film. Woo! Woo! Um, the title is officially Alien Covenant, um, and it's the sequel to Prometheus. Um. 
and I'll just I'm gonna just which is read the this. prequel to Alien. Yeah, yeah Dustin. Dustin. <laughs> <laughs> Take that. He's not here to fight back. We should be nice. Okay. Um, I'm just going to read this quick synopsis um, that they have on here. Uh, Ridley Scott returns to the universe. He created an alien with Alien Covenant, the second chapter in a prequel trilogy that began with Prometheus and connects directly to Scott's 1979 seminal work of science fiction. Bound for a remote planet on the far side of the galaxy, the crew of the colony ship Covenant discovers what they think is an uncharted paradise, but is actually a dark, dangerous world, whose sole inhabitant is the synthetic David, survivor of the Doom Prometheus expedition. Sweet. Awesome. And they note that um, Numi Rapaz, I don't know how to say her name, the chick from Prometheus, that she's not really mentioned um, in that, and she was at the end of Prometheus, so that's, you know, like, what the heck happened to her? So that's kind of up in the air at the point, at this moment, but. Okay. Thank you for that late breaking story. Now we're going to turn it over to Jason with the weather. Jason? I, uh. My, my uh. Thank you for that no, uh, report on the weather. <laughs> um, maybe last thing I want to bring up in the news is um, how much more kick-ass is Ash versus Evil Dead getting? Oh, my God. Oh, my God. That was the scariest fucking monster I've ever seen on a moving picture. Oh, I, my God. I said it. I that was, it was pretty, pretty ultra-creepy. Jason has definitely has a a thing, a phobia, if you will, of ghosts or creatures or monsters in a movie that does that, that Jacob's shit. Ladder shaky, unnatural movement thing. <clears throat> Little ring girls, and, yeah. and now this guy had a whole new take on it, which was really Man. cool. Yeah. Was, well, the whole body moved, but his mouth didn't. Yeah. yeah. He, would just, he would just talk normally and everything. Oh, God, it just made it so much creepier. Yeah. Very much so. So that was cool. Um, any theories on who the hell Lucy Lucy Lawless is in this movie? Yeah. In the show? show, she's somehow connected to the like. She felt like when they opened the book, like she knew it instantly. So I don't, I don't know. She yeah, she's obviously got some history going here. She knows who Ash is. You know, um, she obviously can fight deadites because that was proven with the. She seems to be she. She seems to, she could probably do a better job at at it than Ash. So, I think she may be a rogue demon. You don't think she's the Something. devil? Oh yeah. Uh, I don't think she's what the devil. The no, uh, like she, yeah, oh, that could, could be. be, or just but you don't think she's like an Ash. Who had the book before him? Well, you know what I... You, okay. You want to know my fan fiction for this show? What I would love to see is to tie in connections to, like, the whole film franchise. Even the remake. Because you know there was those rumors when the remake came out that this was just, like, a alternate timeline. And there was a there was a uh, sequel concept where, um, where the timelines were going to cross paths and the oh. su- surviving girl from the... From the remake was going to meet up with ash you know because you even get that little 
groovy from Ash so, in the credits there, you know, in the remake. So, do you think she's like the older version of that of what's her face? I don't think this. This is all just. Uh, oh, I have no. no real theory. This is just fan That's just fan with too fiction. What I would like to see. To I would love it to be the old version of her, and or. Uh, um, the girl from the uh, girl from Army Darkness. Mm. Like yeah. somehow, somehow she could... she traveled to the fu- back to the future too, as well. Because they haven't they haven't referenced Army Darkness yet in the show, and I hope they do. You know, I hope they yeah. don't just uh, just skip over that whole part of the story and and say it never happened. I hope they don't do that. So, I mean, it, it kind of feels like that's what like it feels like it's more of a sequel to. The second one, almost. I know. I mean, other yeah. than the worm, like the hole, at, the black hole at the end that takes them to Army of Darkness, but yeah. So I, I so that's been kind of my fear from the start of that they're just going to never acknowledge Army of Darkness as as being part of the timeline because it's been decades that I've wanted to come back to the storyline, but <laughs> I wanted to see Ash Ash's adventures after Army of Darkness, you know. So, yeah, I don't know. It's so she's so mysterious, but I'm glad that the the storyline of like the cop has finally crossed over into mm-hmm. Ash territory. That's good. Yeah, it was good. I love it. It's so good. <laughs> it's so good. I love my. I love how the blood splatters into the titles card that's like one of my favorite little touches oh yeah (laughs) it's cheesy and it's bad cgi but it's so fucking cool it's very cool and And i'm telling you i'm i'm telling you i'm not gonna i'm not gonna gripe about the cgi in the show i'm not gonna be one of those guys because i don't think it's fair to gripe about the cgi in this show when we've already had Bat, some 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 effects. I will say this: some effects that have not stood up to the test of time in this franchise. Yeah. So why would it be okay for CGI for the for for those effects to to pass the bar, but not bad CGI work? You know? How can you you can't really complain about any of the effects after that demon? No, I mean, you're really. right. You're right. <laughs> like, even if you didn't fully like something else like that made up for it like tenfold because that was just awesome yes very much so alright well that was killer news that was some killer news (laughs) (laughs) Uh okay so that bad Attempt at a bad joke makes me think of bad movies. See? Mm-hmm. I'm just working on segues here, people. Work harder. <laughs> no shit. So that concludes this episode. And I'm no That's longer a- on the podcast. <laughs> we just changed the picture. That's what happens. Mike predicted it. It happens every time we get a new picture. Um, okay. So, so bad movies. Movies are so bad that they're awesome. And... I think when I first brought up doing this topic, I got met with a little bit of, like, from you guys of, like, what does that mean? Well, Well, we just wanted it to be clear. Right. 
so we knew what you know if it was like legitimate like movies that are just awful that you don't want to watch or movies that are so bad that they're good sort of a that's, deal that's the oh. way i looked at it so is it really another guilty pleasures episode that you're calling it something else <laughs> <laughs> uh, i've been wanting <laughs> i've been wanting since day one to to have one episode every november to be this and it feels like every year I miss the boat because it's like, oh, it's already after Thanksgiving. You miss the, the gravy boat? The gravy boat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Terry's working harder. What? Yeah, Terry's working harder. <laughs> Whatever. Whatever. She can host this show. I'm out of here. <laughs> anyway. Um, so, yeah, movies that they're so bad that they're that they're good, they transcend back to good. I mean, it's, um, so this, this hopefully will finally be an annual thing. That's the plan. If you want to say that it's just a cover for the guilty pleasures thing, that's fine. But, uh, it's going to be, it's going to, this is going to be an annual episode. As it should be. We have several annual things and Mm -hmm. that's, yeah. So, I mean, you know, Turkey and Mm. we're starting a new tradition and, and I'll get into it when I get into Insane's picks, but like the the term for bad movies were turkeys for a long time in the um when really bad movies started to kinda come to the surface of like becoming ironic art, I guess you could say. Um I mean and it's no mystery that I am a huge fan of bad movies. Like oh. movies that are just horribly done wrong in every aspect so if you need to if you guys need me to break any of these down more on why i think they're good then i would be happy to do so but uh where do we want to start uh well uh right before we were recording this i breezed through one of the ones on our list See, and it was interesting. And I know I can always count on you, Terry. If I post a list, I know you're going to suffer through some of the ones I post. Well, and I didn't get to a lot of them, but I, I, I had already seen several. But this one was one, the like the only new one I really got to. And uh, oh, oh, and before you get into it, I, I should say too, based on the <laughs> list, if there's any question on why I chose these ones, to me, I picked, I tried to pick the the. Um, the pinnacle bad movies, like the the ones that are synonymous with the term of bad movies, and or filmmakers that are synonymous with the term of bad movies, and then there's a couple on there that are just for shits and giggles of ones that I really love. But what's the movie that you just recently watched, Terry? I watched Deathbed. Yes, Bed that eats. <laughs> Sweet. <laughs> I've watched it like twice now and did a bunch of research. I paid way too much attention to this one than the any of the others on the list. So we're starting off with a bang. It's only going to go downhill from here. So Deathbed. Well, first off, the movie starts with about five minutes of eating noises. <laughs> just black screen. Just on black. you don't know what the fuck is happening. <laughs> and they're just awful. <laughs> Awful chewy noises. I'm just like, what? What am I watching? What should I turn this off? Like already? Like, ugh. And then, okay. Well, brief synopsis. Okay. There's this bed 
that eats things that lay on it. That's where they got the title. That's it. <laughs> That's I, it. Oh, I love the title of this because it's, it's Deathbed. But if they didn't drive it home enough, they wanted to make sure it's like the bed that eats. Thing, and, that, and that's what it does. That's what it, it does. Yeah. It likes, it likes dogs and In cats. story. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. You I mean, simplified it way too much, though. I, well, yeah. I mean, there's like this whole backstory of like some demon. It's a pretty sweet backstory. Dude. Yeah, there's, I... <laughs> there's a yeah. demon, and the demon falls in love with this human. And, and he filmed... Yeah, as you do as a demon, um, and so he he creates this bed so that he could be with her, and he takes on a human form, and they do the nasty on the bed, which ends up killing her, and he's so upset he cries blood, which seeps into the bed, and the bed comes to life. <laughs> so he killed her with his demon. Isn't cow. there even like at one like the bed is like for Funny real enough. alive? Like at one point, doesn't it have like? wake up noises like it's yawning and stretching oh hell it snores in several scenes yeah Yeah. it's ridiculous time to get up for work (laughs) the sound effects in this movie are just are crazy they're They're, just crazy there's (laughs) constant apple chewing noises throughout this movie oh my god um the bed snores there's there's a couple moments where the bed burps oh yeah (laughs) and doors fart what? <laughs> I think I missed that. Did I you, wasn't paying close enough attention. That every, was just Mike farting. Every time uh, a every yeah, <laughs> every time a door opens in this movie, like the doors will open. You know, like people try to get into the to the to the building and they can't get in, and then the door will open because like uh, the yeah. bed can make everything happen. Apparently, um, it's the the uh, the foley noise on that door sounded like farting to me. Well, and then let's not forget the dude behind the painting. I know, right? That's what that's the like fuck? that's like one of my favorite things. There's this, there's what? a whole. Here's what's interesting: your protagonist and your antagonist of this feature length movie. Honestly, it's only an hour and seventeen minutes, but still, of an hour and seventeen minute longer. film. <laughs> what's that? It feels longer. <laughs> The protagonist and antagonist of this movie are both inanimate objects. Yeah. It's awesome. <laughs> yeah, so, like, one of its many of, um, quote-unquote, victims is this guy, um, I guess probably around the turn of the century, I took it? Yeah, it's some guy that died from consumption. Well, he didn't die from consumption. Like, he, um, he was... He, well, he was he, dying from He was sick, and he was gonna die, I forget what it was, whatever those... Early diseases that we cured. Consumption. Oh, that's, is what he, that's what he was dying from. Oh, when you were saying consumption, I thought you meant he was consumed by the bed. Oh, no. Sorry. You're right. Consumption, the disease. <laughs> um, and so, so the bed kind of spares him, but the bed traps him in this in one of his because he's an artist too. So the bed traps him in one of his own paintings for all of eternity, and he's forced to watch as the bed continues to eat people throughout the years. It's just, I mean, there were some moments, like, because it's literally, like, okay, 
in the room is just like this really shitty like black and white sketch it's not even really it doesn't even look like much of a painting but then like the shots of this guy like mm-hmm. it's just a man like sitting like he's like in the fetal position basically like yeah. in some vent behind this quote unquote painting that you can like see light coming through and yeah. he just has these moments he's like oh I wish I could tell them. And he's like got the most annoying voice ever. Oh he's yeah, ridiculous. Because he like narrates about seventy five percent of the movie. Yeah. Oh my god. And I love there's like there's like moments like when the um, when the African American woman is sitting on the is, is, lays down the bed and she starts smoking that cigarette and she starts to fall asleep. Uh-huh. And it's like silent. For ten oh minutes. Oh my god! Yeah. These long stretches of just nothing, and then the guy has the guy in the painting has a line of like, "Hmm, tobacco. <laughs> I haven't <laughs> had tobacco in seventy years." And that is your only line of dialogue. For, yeah. In like a yeah. ten to ten minute span, before and after. Yeah. Some. I don't. I don't know why they did some of the things that they did. I don't. Definitely, like the director the of this movie was probably a little pervy. Like, I definitely got that feel. <laughs> Lots of focusing on the ladies for awkward periods of time. Like the um, the, the first girl, the one that ran away from home, and she, like, the bed strips her naked before he yeah. beats her, and it's the only time that happens. Yeah, no, it's just. I don't know. I mean, it, it was kind of... It was a fun movie. Like, I feel like I would have had a lot more fun with it in a group. Like, I think we can oh, see yeah. that pretty much any of these movies. But, yeah. oh my goodness. So ridiculous. And, like, when it eats something, though, it doesn't just... It's, like, weird. Because there's, like, this orange foam yeah. that starts, like, gathering around whatever object it's going to eat. And then it, like, it slowly sinks into the bed, and then you see it in, like, this weird acid bath, and then it pops back up onto the bed, like, eaten. <laughs> like, yeah. what? Yeah. And, it, and it, it, it sucks everything in, too, like... Everything, Everything. Yeah. Everything that's... Books. Mm-hmm. Books, flowers. Yeah. Child's teddy bear that bleeds, apparently. I know, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> it's not alive. <laughs> so, but, oh no, you go ahead. Well, I just, I don't. The movie's ridiculous, and it's and it's dumb, and it's um definitely got it. It definitely is a slow burn. Yeah, I loved it. I love this it movie, would... and I think it's rather very inventive and creative. Whether that, whether the creative, t- the creativeness, the uniqueness of it works or not is is a whole other thing but i love the idea of the guy trapped in the painting and i love the idea of the 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 demon backstory and how convoluted that is what that that brings this thing to life in the first place but yeah hands down my favorite part (laughs) that was actually kind of a pun but i didn't mean it to be um there's (laughs) you'll understand why give me a second there's um a scene (coughs) where this one girl, there's this one girl that he, the bed refuses to eat because she looks like, looks the, like, yeah, like, uh, the demons like maker, like the beds make, I don't remember. Because yeah, the woman that the, the, 
the, the woman, woman that, that created it. The woman that um, the demon was in love with. Yeah. And so okay. the bed saw that woman as her mother because, or as as his mother because um, she was she was kind of partially responsible for creating the bed. So that woman is a mother figure to the bed. So the other girl reminds the bed of his mother. Right. So the bed won't eat that girl. But anyway. At one point, her brother shows up. Uh-huh. And... Well, wait, I thought he was the brother of the, uh, the hitchhiking girl. Well, some guy. Some anyway, guy so up. the guy shows up. All right, sorry. <laughs> and he tries to attack the bed or something with, like, a knife. And his hands get pulled into the bed. Like, the bed eats the knife and, like, uh-huh. pulls in his hands. Uh-huh. And... <laughs> <laughs> Well, it only pulls in his hands, though, for some reason, because, you know, it's eaten all of everyone else, pretty much, except for that, the black chick, I guess. Maybe it's finally full. No, it it ate her, too. Well, it, like, ate her legs, or whatever. No, she she got, but she got pulled back into the bed. Remember, she tried crawling out, and the bed pulled, uh, the bed pulled her back in with its, uh, bed sheet. Oh, yeah, that's right. Well, anyway, um, it like it's like acid on his hands, and he pulls them out, and they're just bones. Yeah. Like, like you're like, oh, he's not going to have any hands, and then it cuts to the next scene, and he's just sitting by the fireplace with, like, skeleton hands. Stripped clean. <laughs> like, pearly white skeleton hands. Yeah, and he's just looking at him like, oh, oh, look what it did to me. <laughs> No flesh, no blood, and then he's like, "Oh, this is this isn't gonna do anymore. You're gonna have to you're gonna have to take them off." And so, like, the girl just takes them and like breaks off his hands, and he doesn't even react. He's like, "Oh, he's like crying." Nobody just, reacts in this movie. It's just weird. Nobody reacts at all because again, when the when the black girl is getting pulled back into the bed, and then the 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 other girl comes running down into the room. And sees this happening, and she's trying to pull the black girl back out. Nobody's reacting. Nobody, sh- nobody's screaming in terror or in pain or anything. It's weird. Yeah. But it, it was. It's definitely has its entertaining moments, and it would be a fun group movie for sure. Oh, definitely, definitely. John, have you seen Deathbed? Nope. Okay. Surprisingly. Doesn't it sound like they're on a fucking acid trip as they describe this movie? It's so weird. That's what I assumed. I thought you guys, yeah, sound, you guys sound crazy. <laughs> you guys are way fucked up. This is a real movie. I don't believe movie. it. It's a real movie, and we're not done. Um, <laughs> it gets better. But, and I have, but I have uh, one thing to say to you in response to that, Jason. The 1970s. Um, it was acid. Here's the thing. This and, movie began filming in 72... And um, there was a print made in 77. It never, never got a release until 2003. What? What's that? What was that, John? There's a reason for that. Clearly a reason. <laughs> well, it's probably, you know, I mean, when did Best Worst Movie come out? 
Like, I wonder if, mm. I mean, I feel like that brought a lot of, like, these weird, like, cult movies out of the cracks, because people were like, oh, no, I've got a really good bad movie, you should watch mine too. Well, I think you're right, because uh, Best Worst Movie was 2009, um, but, oh. but, but, but you're probably not far off, I mean, you know, Best Worst Movie was made in response to this cult phenomenon of people loving Troll 2, this is also right. around the era of The Room, and, and, and its popularity, and Birdemic, and all, all these, all these, like, really bad movies, and then you got, like, um, like, you know, these, like, different film societies of people of, like, um, different uh, movie theaters across the country that are doing these, like, midnight showings of all these bad movies. So, like, the cult, the culture has really peaked at that time. So I'm not surprised that what you're saying is probably not far off because um, the director who basically abandoned his own movie um, saw that somehow... This there was there, this one print got mass produced and was in circulation like online and was getting getting like these little independent screenings, um, and so he took it upon himself to finally get get proper distribution for his for his opus and uh, and that's how we finally got it in two thousand three. So and the world is better for it. It is. It really is. <laughs> Uh, this should definitely be another a one we watch on the next movie night that we have for sure. I agree. This movie um, it's broken up into four parts, and you know, and it's, it's oh yeah, I forgot the, about that. Yeah, with these title cards <laughs> at the beginning, and it's breakfast, lunch, dinner, and just desserts. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Now, Terry, do you think this movie is? supposed to be funny i mean it's really dry and plays things really straight straight you don't think there's any intentional comedy in this well uh, i don't know i mean the sound effects like surely i know right the sound effects are just way comically over the top unless those were added near the release of it in 2003 and maybe not originally you know what i mean yeah those were edited in to make it seem like it was supposed to be a little funny yeah and that's why i did a bunch of research before this episode on this movie because i needed to know more i mean was it never released because it wasn't finished and so some of some of the weirdness of this movie was done in post for the 2003 release yeah, like there's that n- makes sense. there's very little dialogue in this movie that isn't eighty yard. Like yeah. the majority of this movie is done in bad ADR and voiceovers. Like there's conversations that are happening where there's words coming out of the speakers, but lips are not moving. Yeah, and then like every character in this movie that shows up, whether it gets killed by the bed or not, has moments of inner monologue narration. Mm-hmm. Every single character. So you're like, oh, wait, okay, well, this person must be the main character. Oh, no, no, she's dead. Okay, so it's this one. No, 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 she dies. So every character has this has this inner monologue. There's almost moments where I thought the bed was going to have some inner monologue moments. Because there's moments where it like does some grunting noises and moans yeah. and stuff like that. Like when the girl, again, falls asleep in the bed and her cigarette is still lit and her hand goes down into the covers... <laughs> I, I swear the bed let out a painful moan. Because there was, there was a noise there, but I was like, is that supposed to be the bed feeling the burn of the cigarette? 
Who knows, man? Here's where here's where I think that there was probably some intentional comedy in this movie, and, and that was during the montage of of the bed eating people throughout history. Because some yeah. of those were oh my god, <laughs> the priest one. The priest one was hilarious. So, funny. so oh, he's funny. just like burr, burr, I'm reading the Bible. <laughs> he's like I, oh oh. And wasn't it right after the priest one too? It shows like, it shows like the aftermath and the acid bath, and then there's, out of nowhere, just a floating bottle of Pepto Bismol. Oh yeah. <laughs> It's just, well, he must have had that on the bed next to him or something. <laughs> but there was no, there was no shot of that. <laughs> so it's just like, so the bed has an upset stomach or what? <laughs> <laughs> Got some heartburn? Maybe. And then, the, and then the, uh, the sex orgy out when they had the bed out in the yard. Yeah. That was a hilarious scene too. <laughs> just like. All these bodies under this blanket. You're not seeing what's going on. All this giggling and laughing and stuff, and then they just all start getting. It's just, it just was so silly. So because oh, the other parts were real serious. Yeah, they're so serious. Well, that's the thing. They did. It plays serious. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it does. But there's just these moments again, like bad sound effects, Pepto Bismol bottle, really weird performances, like, like the priest. I kind of wish they would have made it more intentional. If they would have gone all out, like, it would have just been ridiculously awesome. Like, I don't even... It's just this weird mixture that you don't really know what's going on. And... That's why That's why I like it, because you don't, you don't know how yeah. you're supposed to take this movie. <laughs> oh my goodness, Deathbed. And and it's on YouTube. That's where I watched it. Yeah, that's where I watched it too. And apparently uncut because you get to see all the boobies. Oh yeah, Woo! there's lots of boobies. Lots of boobies. Sure. Well, why didn't you say so? <laughs> Forget the rest of the the conversation. Boobs. That's all you need. Wow. <laughs> boobs okay. are all we need. Oh, another one of my. Okay. <laughs> What's that? Go ahead. Another one of my favorite parts is um, towards the beginning when we're. Starting to get a little bit of background, but not too much. I think it was after the first, it was after the breakfast scene, um, where it has all this like black and white stock footage with a bunch again weird sound effects, and um, those swirling newspaper headlines. You remember those, Terry? Uh, briefly. Oh, I wrote them down because they're awesome. <laughs> the first one is, the first one is thousands disappear. And, and and you're assuming, because there's no explanation what these headlines really mean, so you're assuming it's because people are being eaten, eaten by this bed, right? So check these out. Oh, I'm going to start again. First one was, thousands disappear. And then the next one swirls in, strange munching sounds heard at night. <laughs> the third one swirls in, mayor demands action. And then the last one, mayor disappears. <laughs> <laughs> And, and if you listen closely, when the mayor one pops up, you hear this voice goes, "We need to take action." And then, and then when the mayor mayor disappears, one swirls in, you hear this, "Ah!" <laughs> oh, deathbed man. 
this like on Killer Tomatoes kind of level, or? Well, there. Here's the thing, Killer Tomatoes. There's no question what they were going for with that. They were trying to be satirical. They were trying to go 100 percent for comedy. It's it's really questionable on on the tone of Deathbed. Were they really trying to make a scary movie? I don't even know if they were really trying to make a scary movie. I really think he was trying to make an art house movie, to be honest with you. Like he was trying to make something like artsy fartsy. Um, <laughs> and then, like, but something totally, like, because it, it also has, like, a lot of real surreal moments, especially, like, the dream sequences. The, the deathbed. Gotta have those. The deathbed, well, because the deathbed somehow can infiltrate when their, people are sleeping on on it. Um, the original Freddy Krueger uh-huh. can infiltrate its their <laughs> dreams and and corrupt their dreams. Yeah, so you get some really whacked out dream sequences, like the girl um, who's supposed to eat dinner, but it's this giant cockroach covered in goo, or the uh, the African American woman who um, uh, goes sits by a fireplace um, by the first girl next to the girl, first girl that gets killed that they've been looking for this whole time. And uh, they're flipping through this book, and it's like, it's a list of dead people, and our names are in here, but all the pages are blank, but then all the pages turn into mirrors. And it's just like, what the what the hell? you know? So I really think he's maybe going for some kind of, um, maybe more of an art house type film, um, but then was still trying to do something commercial at the same time. Uh, but I guess didn't think it through properly because you get neither. It's not really an art. It's it's too, it's too bad to be an art house film. It's not pretentious enough to be an art house film, and and it's it's too whacked to be just a um, a narrative commercial movie. So I don't know. It's too it's too monotone to be comedy. But then you have like floating Pepto Bismol bottles in the bed something you'd see out of like airplane or naked gun (laughs) so I love it (laughs) love this movie did you love it Terry it it was pretty fun but like I said I think it'd be a lot more fun with a group okay well let's let's we're gonna I'm gonna do this to you all night Terry we're putting on the scale of like um of like you know, really awesome bad movie or don't go in the basement. Ugh. <laughs> so you like so it better don't go than in the basement is a one. <laughs> so you and like this better than don't go in the basement? Like, is like a ten then. Oh okay. We'll we'll do that. Don't Sounds don't good. go in the basement to troll two. Okay. Um I put it at I'd give it like a six or a seven. Nice. Oh. It's pretty solid. So it's pretty good. solid on the bad movie scale. So it's on the Troll 2 side of, of Yeah, bad movie. for sure. Good. More enjoyable than aggravating. Awesome. <laughs> Alright. So, now I feel bad. Jason and John haven't been able to talk. We kind of bogarted that, that portion of the show because you guys hadn't seen the movie. So, bad movie... Hey, you guys have seen John? Huh? Oh, I'm sorry. I was sleeping. <laughs> uh, Don't fall asleep in the deathbed. Who? Who? Who are you guys? Okay. Um. 
you know, I've been, I've been trying to think about what movie to bring up. I have a couple that I uh, that I both really like. <sighs> I'm gonna I'm gonna leave off my favorite movie of the two because I don't think it's like truly bad. It's just they made some poor casting choices. <laughs> um, well, has anybody seen Slaughter High? Oh yeah, I know. I, I love that movie a lot. And I love Caroline Monroe a lot. Right. Oh yeah. She was thirty six when she made this fucking movie, and she's supposed to be, supposed a, to be teenager. a teenager. Yeah. Okay. So, so I am thinking I of the right one. I have some problems with that, but I mean, I still love her in it. But uh, that's a great flick, uh, regardless. But um, has anybody seen or heard of Night Train to Terror? <laughs> yes, but I've never, I've Sounds never been familiar. able to find a copy of it. It's it, fucking awful. It's an I Italian it. film, isn't it? Well, no, I know which one it is. It's uh pretty sure it's just american but uh it's an anthology film right yeah it's an anthology film uh made from three uh i think unfinished films yeah two of them feature richard mall yeah from night court (laughs) for you kids that remember that show uh night court um it starts off with god and satan on like a cosmic train or whatever talking about you know the afterlife and all this other shit and they basically kind of make a bet with each other and then so they watch these three segments and kind of decide who wins that round or what. I don't even know. Like the first one involves a... And I actually had to read this off of Wikipedia because I watched this movie a couple nights ago and it still doesn't make sense to me. But um, the first one is basically a guy at an insane asylum being drugged to help kidnap people for a organ harvesting ring. But they, like, just take the limbs and they, like, send them off to, like, medical students and shit like that. Like, universities and stuff. So they're just, like, cutting up people and then selling the, the parts for profit. Because, you know, that's what you do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the second one involves uh, two young lovers who become involved in a sinister cult, sinister cult of people fascinated with death. So, like, they sit around and they play Russian roulette. Um... There might even be something with poison. But then, like, the last scene, they're all laying down on the ground. And there is a rope hanging in the middle of the room with, like, a bowling ball tied to the end of it. And they somebody spins it around, so it's going over their faces. And each time it makes a pass, it gets slightly cut on a, on a razor blade or something. So slowly, the rope is slowly getting cut until it finally snaps and then crushes somebody's skull. <laughs> yeah, so that exists. And then the other <laughs> last one doesn't even make any sense because it involves a cult. Another cult. Because that's what you do in an 80s weird movie. Does it have something to do with, like, a giant praying mantis, too, or something like that? Or something about not, bugs? Not, not that I remember. Okay. But, the yeah, it, the whole movie makes no fucking sense, but I like it anyway. Because it's 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 a perfect example of 80s weird like just let's just make the weirdest fucking thing we can possibly come come up with, and somebody's gonna watch it. And yeah. it, I mean, seriously, having God and Satan, <laughs> and the overall story—it's just so fucking bizarre. There's, <laughs> it's so fucking horrible. I want Terry to see it so bad. <laughs> I mean, in in the credits, Satan is credited as Lou Cipher. Oh, yeah, credited as himself. <laughs> it's that's awesome. 
and I'm pretty sure God is wearing a really horrible beard, fake beard. He's all white and everything. It's just, oh, God damn, Terry, <laughs> you need to find this now. Seriously. Okay. It'll be, it'll be your new favorite movie. Uh huh. Okay. <laughs> just trust me on this. Sound, it's got Richard Mall, people. Come on. Bull. <laughs> yeah. I know. In two segments. Of the... Yeah. Yeah. Um. The money. Never seen this movie, never been able to find this movie, honestly, but uh, I I guess I haven't really looked online. But Well, you're in luck because last October, Vinegar Syndrome, who is a fantastic movie label, they released it on Blu-ray. They must be fantastic if they uh, released they, Terror They put out the most amazing quality Blu-rays of the shittiest fucking movies. <laughs> and I love them. You for have them. them all, don't you? I wish. <laughs> I, have a few, I have a few of them. They, they, seriously, the the uh, transfers on their stuff are amazing. They're impeccable, but the movies are always special. <laughs> I I just I remember um, hearing about this movie on on another podcast years ago. So I'm vaguely familiar. I'm pretty much familiar with the film based off of that. But it's been so long now that my memory has faded on a lot of the details. Um, but yeah, I, like I said, I watched it two nights ago, and my memory is a little <laughs> sketchy on some of the details because it's just so fucking awful in the best way possible. <laughs> um, yeah, it was it was basically a movie strung together of three unfinished movies, which I think were produced by. Um, the Mormon Church, if I remember that detail correctly. <laughs> yeah. Sounds to me, you know. So, yeah, if you could, yeah, I need to, I'm going to have to search out that, that, uh, that Blu-ray, for sure. Night Train to Terror. <laughs> Good pick, I never thought I would hear anybody ever bring up that movie. Well, ever. there you go. Sweet. I like crap. <laughs> Uh, how about you, Jason? What kind of crap do you like? Um, I don't really watch bad movies. I only watch the good stuff. <laughs> and stop making that face at me. Um, <laughs> uh, on your list, uh, the the one I remember kind of liking, even though I hated it so much, was Nailgun Massacre. Oh, yeah. I kind of remember in it. I, I felt like I liked it when it was over, you know, when I got through it. <laughs> But, like, it sure was tough. You definitely do not have the tolerance for this kind of cinema that I have. That, that, that's for sure. I understand that. Tolerance? Not everybody I does. Don't... What's that? Oh. But I, I, I only think that you your enjoyment of Nailgun Massacre comes out of the fact it was you, you, you me, and Justin watching it together. Yeah. Again, and the, most of these movies... Are are far more enjoyable if you're watching them in a group setting. For sure. Yeah. So, what do you want to tell us about Nailgun Massacre, Jason? Do you even remember much? Oh, I just know that um, it's a sweet. It's one of the scariest costumes <laughs> of a villain I've ever seen. Motorcycle helmet with duct tape over the. Yep. Visor. <laughs> yep. Terrifying. I'm scared. No, it was just. Was, I just remember it being a slasher. Um, um, 
an 80s slasher film. It felt a lot like um, My Bloody Valentine, sort of, a little bit, to me. In that, like, town, group of friends. Oh, yeah, yeah. But, and, there, you know, and the whole, like, um, blue-collar, uh-huh. like, the blue-collar worker backstory, uh, you know, a horrific thing happening that spawned all this. Is this the one that um, you said that you thought that the Leaf Blower Massacre kind of it, copied a lot 100%. of? It's 100%. Oh, yeah. yeah. A copy of. 100% were inspired by yeah. Nogo Massacre. I mean, the outfit is identical. Yeah. Just replaced... I, I can tell just from the poster. <laughs> like. Yeah. But I think... Yeah. I don't... I'm forgetting Leaf, leaf Blower... Did the killer have really bad ADR, cheesy, Freddy Krueger-esque one-liners that weren't funny? Because um, that is... I don't remember. I don't remember that much about that was, it. I don't that even... was, yeah. That was one of the I... hardest parts about Nailgun Massacre was clear ADR bad. <laughs> very, very clear ADR bad, yeah. Like, there's no way it was realistic. At all? No, I mean we're talking we're talking deathbed level of ADR. Like it was just the wrong, the always the worst volume recorded in a horror. Oh, it was so bad. It was just bad. Like if you can, like close your eyes and come up with some kind of mental visualiz- visualization of of layers of audio, and like like this would just literally sit on top of everything else. And just not fit at all with the rest of it, um, but he, he well he she I don't want I shouldn't give any spoilers away. Um, oh come on, it's not like it's clear within the first thirty seconds of the movie. Um, but some great one-liners of like guys pissing in the woods and and the nail gun massacre er. Um, Appears behind him, and he turns around in shock and pees on the on the killer, and and the killer's like, "Now you've pissed me off," and shoots him <laughs> with nails. And weren't we convinced too that like the whole reason for the main weapon to be a nail gun was because the special effects artist knew how to do one special effect, and that is a fake nail sticking out of human skin? I think so. <laughs> because that's the only real effect you get in this movie, and it's all after effect. You hear the again really bad foley noise of kachunk chunk of the nail gun, and all you see is the after effect of nails sticking out of out of hands or faces or whatever. <laughs> Yeah. It's bad. It's bad. Yeah. <laughs> but I don't know. I I felt like when it was over, I liked it. Hmm. <laughs> well, yeah, and it, it's, uh, it, it was weird. It's not like it's, like, off the rocker bad, like a Birdemic or, or The Room, where it's just like, it, where it right. goes beyond. The heart just, is there. The heart is there. You could. There's obviously some incompetence behind <laughs> the quality of filmmaking. The performances are horrible. The audio is, is awful. The effects are non-existent. And, 
and it's not very original, but it come. It's from 1987, just during the. Has that wonderful feel of it? Of, 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 yeah. of an yeah of an 80s slasher. It just has that 80s slasher feel to it. Absolutely. So. Yeah, I get it. I yeah that. Uh, why, that mystery of why you think you like it? I mean, even at the end, I remember like, there's the big like climax car chase scene through the grain bins oh yeah and climbing up the th- i'm like I was, I was like i got into it i don't know why it sucked <laughs> i mean but it it was cool but just so many bad things so many bad things and i'd probably recommend it but cool but like all of these movies watch it with a group of friends <laughs> It takes a special individual like myself to be able to enjoy them on the same level by the by yourself than it would be with yeah. a group of friends. Yeah, I don't have that. <clears throat> I do. I do. That's just because I'm lonely and I have no friends. Um, John, have you ever seen Nailgun Massacre? He's not back yet. Oh, okay. I I don't. I try not to look at your screen. Otherwise, yeah, right. I'm watching you use a giant calculator on your screen, and I forget what I'm talking about. Um, okay, so Terry, but you've never <laughs> seen Nailgun Massacre, right? I have not, no. Okay. okay, well, I was hoping to get John's opinion on it, because he's had to have seen it. You would think so. Yeah. If he's yeah, seen he that train to terror. <laughs> so, I can't stall any longer. We're going to have to move on. Oh. <clears throat> Unless I assume got... he just took off because he didn't see it. Oh, that yeah. could be. That could be. I could maybe um, throw out some interesting things about Nailgun Massacre. You don't here. remember any more of the sweet uh, oh, one-liners? I'm trying really hard, and I because <laughs> they're you've pissed me off as the only one I've ever been able to remember because it's not even it's not even a clever it's not even clever it's not even no. it doesn't even really fit. There are a lot of one-liners. Yeah, Every yeah. death, pretty much, right? Every Every time the killer appears, he has a one-liner. Mm-hmm. Every time. <laughs> and, which is a total 80s thing, you know. Yeah. Um, and when you watch movies now with uh, with today's eyes, you watch some of those movies, you often think to yourselves, who are they doing these jokes for? <laughs> right. <laughs> the person's mm-hmm. dead. Yep. You know? <clears throat> um... I, I do have, um, if you want to talk about bad one-liners, um, tagline uh, for this movie is, uh, who will get nailed next? Huh? <laughs> hey, John's back. <laughs> so, I'm here about the nailing? Yep. <laughs> oh, man. Okay, I have to read more of these. Taglines for Nailgun Massacre. A very penetrating story. <laughs> It's time to leave the toolbox in the shed. Forget about that guy with the chainsaw and start worrying about the deranged nail gun killer. That's lame. (laughs) No, this is the best one because this describes the movie production production value and all. Cheaper than a chainsaw. Because we know, because most people buy nail guns. What? Anyway. <laughs> yeah. 
And so, John, have you seen Nail Gun Massacre? Uh, no, I have not, but uh, I've, been meaning, I've been meaning to buy it for years because, I mean, Dude. Nail Gun Massacre, I mean, it kind of needs to be in my my yes. movie collection, Your but uh, collection. no, I have not seen it, surprisingly. Huh. Because okay. it's bad. It's bad. John. It is really bad. Don't, yeah, expect bad when you sit down and watch well, yeah. it. Don't expect it's like, oh, oh, this is a, this is just a cheesy 80s slasher. No, it, it it's, <laughs> it's bad. bad. If I can sit through Night Train of Terror, I can sit through anything. I think you're right. Yeah. You'll be fine. I have faith in you. Okay. Um, oh, what's this little factoid trivia on IMDb? In an interview with the director, he recalls realizing that it would never be taken seriously as a horror movie. Instead, he decided to try to give it a more comical tone. Yeah, whatever. Uh-huh. <laughs> That's crap. All these guys say that after the movie's been out and realized how shitty it was. And people start laughing at it. Alright, so that's a good one, Jason. Yeah. Thank you for that. That's one of my faves. Yeah. Mm. That was a good night. That was a good night. We should probably talk about breeders, though, don't you think, Terry? (laughs) (laughs) Yes. I do. Harry's favorite movie ever. <laughs> what did you call it on our messenger? Oh, Semen Bath. Semen Bath, yes. A.K.A. Semen Bath. <laughs> oh, Terry. What more do you need? <laughs> um, I'm not, I'm not Sorry, going done. there at all. Yeah, it's okay. It's okay. You can, you can move on. <laughs> Terry, why don't you tell us about Breeders? How would you describe this this treasure? I can't even remember. Um, well, there's a hospital with some really awkward nurses. I remember the one especially drove me insane. I don't even know if I remember the plot of this movie. Like, there's just a bunch of, like, chicks. Ba- basically, it's a reason to have, like, nude chicks. Is oh yeah, this whole movie. this whole movie was written around uh, the concept of just getting girls naked, and they didn't even really try very hard to come up with original ideas to get girls naked. Yeah, they just can uh, constantly just strip and then get raped by aliens. Yeah, okay. I was trying, like, I don't, I honestly don't remember this movie that well. Just semen bath is really what I remember. All she remembers. Well, according to IMDb here, the Manhattan General Hospital has admitted a string of young women who have been raped by something otherworldly. The perpetrator only attacks women who are virgins. Dr. Pace Uh, and detective name I'm not going to pronounce work together to try to isolate (laughs) the strange organic material found on the victims and try to locate the fiend. Soon the victims begin arising in a trance and leaving the hospital by an underground passage where their fate awaits them. Semen bath. Yes. Their fate is a bath of semen. (laughs) Yeah. What's important to the story, guys? So, Uh, the thing you always remember is in the third act when they find all the um, women just rolling around in this gelatinous goo, aka semen bath. My 
the moment that always sticks out in my mind is the girl doing the aerobicizing. And then she's like (laughs) practicing her. No, because it's ridiculous. Yes, because she's naked, but Uh it's ridiculous. Because. Oh, yeah, in the studio, like the photography. Yeah. Oh, my God. She was a model. She was, you know, and and they took a break or whatever. It was lunch or whatever. And she's like, no, I'm going to stay behind and work out. So, (laughs) but she can't just work. She has to strip naked, then Mm -hmm. work out. Yeah. Isn't that what you're supposed that's to do? That's not what you guys do. Oh, that's why I've been thrown out of uh, gyms. <laughs> <laughs> I will always be fat. John, have you seen Breeders? Oh, yeah, I have. <laughs> Yay, finally, we've all seen the same movie. I really do think we need to do a commentary on it. I think you're right. I really do. I think that was on the table at one time. Yeah. Yeah. But then Terry's like semen bath, and we're all like, yeah. <laughs> Why do you think we like this? It's alien bukkake. Can, can you shed any more light on, on Breeders than what we've already. Uh... Uh, no, it's actually been a while since I watched it, but uh, yeah, really, like Terry, all I remember is semen bath. <laughs> it's, just, it's just a story set up to just have blatant nudity and Kirby moments, like... I mean, I own this movie. I need to rewatch it. It's been a while. I mean, I bought it for, like, I think five bucks, because I'm like, I need this in my collection. This looks horrible. It's and, pretty uh, hilarious. It's but hilarious. I love it. It's it's so horrible, but I can't remember a goddamn thing about it. I mean, and we watched this um, as a group at one point. I don't yeah. think Mike yeah. was there, but... Yeah, I was at work. We had, it, like, me and Jason, and Dustin, and, and Justin was there, too. It was just, it was hilarious when we were watching it together, for sure. <laughs> um, one of the reviews on IMDb says, um, you might think this movie's about aliens. You'd be wrong. <laughs> sure, there are aliens, and they do attack, but what the movie's really about is breasts. Female yep. breasts. Naked female titties. breasts. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's no, there's no trying to hide it at all. That that's this movie. The point of this movie is just get girls naked. The acting in this movie is horrendous. Oh my god! Like the doctor and the um and the so uh, the detective <sighs> are just they are like. And I keep referring to the room, and I apologize, but it's Tommy Wiseau level of acting. It really is, where it's like, is are they just bad actors, or or is this a weird choice that no one understands? They just use mentally challenged people. It might be. May, I'm sorry yeah. if I offend anybody with that. I'm just glad these people found work. <laughs> Way to be supportive, John. <laughs> hey, I gotta support my fellow, uh, you know, people. <laughs> My people. I ruined. I ruined that one. You did. <laughs> You're right back Let's in. Start the hole over on that one. When you get back on the short bus, we'll do a nice intro. Anyway. Uh. <laughs> so, but, but, okay. All right. All right. Okay. Listen. Listen. I'm listening. Boob. Listen. Boobs. Boobs. Okay. Yeah. Uh huh. But otherwise, do do you really like this movie? I, Should this be on this list? Do you like it? I find it. Do you watch it besides <laughs> late at night when you're alone? Uh, oh yeah. 
Yeah, I I've watched it several times. I think it um it doesn't stick in my brain obviously enough I <laughs> or anyone's because nobody yeah. remembers Cause this movie. Nothing about it. It's a, it's a fun group movie though. Like we we know that from experience. Like it was fun to watch it with a bunch of people. It was definitely because it's bad. Yeah, and I think that qualifies it though. As, I mean, we had fun watching it together. It is definitely a fun party movie, but I've I've watched it times by myself too, with the lights on mm-hmm. and my pants in, on in your um, own semen bath. Oh my goodness! <laughs> Anywho, that's just weird. Is that like <laughs> and I am transfixed on the horrible acting and the horrible, the horrible script on just how like decisions are made, motivation motivations are done for just completely. No thought put into why thing things that people do in this movie. Again, like the girl who decides to get naked then do aerobics <laughs> in this dance studio without the door locked or any of that nonsense. I think somebody even walks in on her and she gets all like embarrassed and like shy. And I'm like, why did you strip and do aerobics in the middle of this dance studio? Yeah, then? especially since people were supposed to be coming back. Like, yeah, they knew. The- yeah, exactly. And then, of course, the 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 whole third act is just bonkers and hilarious and semen bath. And semen yep. Bath. Yeah. Well, have you looked at the director's other movies? Uh, I was about to. You don't want to. <laughs> Tim Kincaid is the director. Um, he, it looks like he just has done a lot of porn kind of stuff under a different name. Oh, go figure. Yeah. Well, yeah. Uh, oh, let's see. Yeah, see. <laughs> Joe Gage, Sex Files, Volume One, Jack Off Party at Billy Bob's. I'd like <laughs> to say that I'm making that up. <laughs> Those are real titles. Tough guys getting off. Hey, you were in that, weren't you, Jason? Uh, it's uh, tough. <laughs> I'm tough. That was your masterpiece. Men's so, Room oh Three. <laughs> Slow heat in a Texas town. Campus Pizza. Campus, yeah, <laughs> Campus Pizza. How does that one fit? I don't know anything about this, but I want to see this one. <laughs> Cop Shack on 101. Copperhead Canyon. I'm having way too Alabama much fun reading down. these. I am uh, too. Dad goes to college. <laughs> Dad out west. Oh, that's a new one. That's that's from this year. That's his finest this is work. Fucked. <laughs> so He's quite the pro- prolific Robot filmmaker. Holocaust. Look at all these. Uh, in the 2000s, he's been busy. Sadly, this guy probably has more money than me. Joe Cage, Sex yeah. Files, Volume 1, Jack Up Party, Billy Bobs. <laughs> Doctors and Dads. <laughs> Uncle Pruitt taught me how to do it? <laughs> what the? F- oh my god. Okay, boys. I love porn <laughs> titles. The Road to Redneck Hollow? <laughs> but, <laughs> to uh, pull it back in a little bit, he, um... <laughs> Sorry, these are hilarious. I, knew, I knew he did Mutant Hunt, because uh, IMDb said that he filmed Breeders and Mutant Hunt simultaneously. Yeah. I have um, that somewhere on VHS. 
and Robot Holocaust was another one. Now, like, all three of those movies, I remember distinctly at the video store yeah. having the coolest fucking boxes, yeah. like, um, ever. And luckily, by the time I reached the age of realizing that covers doesn't necessarily mean a good movie, <laughs> and covers a lo- the cooler the covers, sometimes the worse the movie. So I, I'm, I missed... I missed all three of those. I still haven't seen Mutant Hunt or uh, Robot Holocaust, but uh, so it wasn't until way later when I got when I found Breeders really cheap on DVD uh, that I saw it for the first time. But I just remember all three of those covers distinctly, and just always curious but terrified, knowing that these were going to be shit. And I had I had a set of rules when I would go to the video store back before I truly learned to appreciate bad cinema. One rule was is if a movie had a kick-ass cover but no photos on the back from the actual movie, you stayed away. Yep. That's pretty fair. <clears throat> yeah. And I think Mutant Hunt was one of those. Didn't have any pictures of the movie on the back. Like screenshots. I can't can yeah. find my copy, damn it. Where the hell is that? I'm 90% mu- sure I have A that. Mutant Hunt? Mm-hmm. And I think Robot Holocaust, I may have seen that one, but like, I think that might have been an MST3K episode where I've seen that. Maybe. I don't remember now if that one, if that one was, the, if that's the one I'm thinking of or not. Uh, oh yeah, okay, yeah. It was on MST3K. Sweet. So I've seen two of Tim Kincaid's non-porn films. His porn films, that's another story. So, so seriously, how many fucking Breeders movies are there with that name? Breeder, Breeders, Breeder, Breeder. There's quite a few. like a shit ton, right? It's such a generic name. And, yeah. like, none of them are even close to the same thing. No. There's ones with... Yeah. So, I remember the first time we were at that party and you are going to put it in. I'm like, I don't know which fucking one it is. I have no idea. And I've seen none of them. So I was nervous. So. Yeah, because I think I even... I don't know if I have it now or not, but I think I have one of the other... And I, I remember saying time. after, it was like, we watched it, I was like, well, at least... My favorite part of this movie is now that I know what one of them is. <laughs> and I don't have to watch it again. Oh, man. Breeders. <laughs> I want to um, kind of jump back a little bit and kind of uh, talk a little bit about um, maybe the film that started this whole cult of lovers of bad cinema um at least in my mind it is anyway the movie that is the blame for this um and that's plan night from outer space i really i i believe and again i'll get into it more on my insane's picks spoilers but um that movie is it was really the i think the, one of the first ones to you know, uh, come around to be like a classic after the fact of of being 
I mean, it was notoriety. It had the notoriety of being the worst movie ever made for a long, 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 long time. Um, have we all seen Plan 9 from Outer Space? Yeah, but it's been a while. I watched it with you guys and probably fell asleep. Terry. I do that with all movies. I think if you watched it with us, we watched the Rift Tracks live version. I think so, Which is awesome. So funny. So funny. Still my favorite joke in that whole... And almost the only way to watch it now. Maybe, yeah. Because it's not good. I can st- I can still watch it on its own. I want I've watched it several times on its own, um, but I could do that with all of Ed Wood's movies. So yeah, this is from 1959, Planet from Outer Space, um, famously known as the worst movie ever made, written and directed by famously known as the worst director ever, oh, Edward yeah. D. Wood Jr., who I am a fan of. I love all of his movies, and they are horribly bad but what i think again is what uh, catapults a bad movie into good or enjoyable or entertaining or the best of the worst whatever you want to call it and that is that you can you can just tell the love and the passion for making this movie you could just you could just you could just feel it from the movie even though there was a passion and a love for making the movie, but it was done by incompetence, a lack of a lack of talent, a lack of education on how to make a movie. And this and Plan Night from Outer Space has all of that. <clears throat> and again, what I also think makes a bad movie good is, and at least for me anyway, is when a movie when a movie has ideas and concepts in it. That go well beyond what you see in in normal cinema, and Plan Nine has that as well. I mean, it's about aliens who are trying to stop humanity from building the next deadliest weapon by resurrecting the dead to take over the world. But they only resurrect three zombies, and they only terrorize one family with these zombies. So, these are the most incompetent aliens ever. And if that was intentional or not, I mean, obviously not intentional, but when you really watch this movie... And the thing is, is like this is plan nine out of their plans to do what they're doing. And this plan is done horribly bad. So, these are obviously the worst aliens ever. Um, but it, it's got, and it's got Bella Lugosi in it, sort of, um, because <laughs> this movie came out after Bella Lugosi died, and what Ed Wood had done is he had taken footage from an unfinished movie that he was making with Bella Lugosi, and wrote that footage into the script of Plan 9 from Outer Space, so the footage you see of Bella Lugosi isn't even was originally intended to be for Plan Nine from Outer Space, so Bela Lugosi's acting quotes in the air for in this movie is for a completely different movie, completely different script. Um, which who did that at the time? Nobody. But there's been dozens of no budget, low budget, independent B movie filmmakers that have done that 
over and over again throughout the years. Uh, famously, Fred Owen Ray has done that um, with John Carradine footage. Uh, even Roger Corman has had directors recycle footage um, to from his um, from his older films into current films. Um, and so, like, I, and I think that idea started with what Ed Wood had done here with Blind Night from Outer Space. Um, but, it, and it's really forced in, too. Like, it really, the Bela Lugosi stuff really screeches the movie to a halt. Because it, it still really doesn't fit. And anytime, and his character dies, and conveniently off screen. And so he's one of the first of the dead that these aliens resurrect. And it's played by a completely, obviously completely different person, famously known as Ed Wood's wife's chiropractor. Um, and the whole movie, the chiropractor is holding the vampire cape over his face, so you can... So we're, we're tricked into believing that it's supposed to be Bela Lugosi. But it's a foot taller... Doesn't have any gray in his hair like you had seen in the previous scenes with Bela Lugosi. Um, the stature's completely different. It's very obviously not Bela Lugosi. <clears throat> the acting is bad. The dialogue is horrendous. Oh, but but there's there's some kind of just like wrecked poetry when it comes to um, Ed Wood's um, writing of his dialogue. He's, he's really it really feels like he's really trying to write clever dialogue. But it's it's a combination of words that that would normally never come out of a human mouth, and that's uh, that's what's just so beautiful about it, um, you know, and just and how again like I really think he thought that the audience's imagination would fill in the cracks of of how bad this movie is, um, like. Tombstone, cardboard tombstones wobbling on the set, which is supposed to be a graveyard, and not doing another take where that doesn't happen. Or um, seeing the strings on the alien spacecraft. Or, you know, visible shadows of the boon mic. You know, stuff like that. Like, they're blatantly obvious right in the face of the filmmakers. And I really think Ed Wood is just like, it's not going to matter. It's not going to matter. The audience is going to ignore that stuff because they're going to be so involved into my story. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, it's, it is just, it is such the blueprint for bad, good cinema. Um, anybody have anything else they want to say about playing Night from Outer Space? Vampira. Vampira, which is crazy because it's like one of her very, very, very few film roles ever. I mean, because she just didn't want to do it after uh, <laughs> after dealing with uh, Ed Wood. I don't know. Who knows? Anybody else? You gushed pretty hard. Yeah. yeah. Shot your wad. <laughs> Into the scene. Well, I know I got more to say, but I just, I just came to a, I just blanked. Um, man, okay. Well, one of my favorite things about this movie are the cops. <laughs> the cops are, again are are just as incompetent, if not more incompetent, than the aliens. 
but just some of their dialogue and some of their um, their actions. So the lead detective, there's there's a moment where, you know, bodies, uh, graves of recently dead just start coming up empty, like they've been dug up. Somebody's been grave ro- grave robbing, and so they're in the cemetery, and the the cop has got his foot up on the mound of dirt that's been dug up, and they're looking in the grave, and they're having this this intense monologue. And the cop is continually, he's got his gun in his hand. Because that's the real only bit of costuming that would tell you that this guy's a cop. So, so the whole time, so obviously he's got his gun in his hand. The whole time he's like scratching his temple with the barrel of his gun. Or pushing up his hat with the barrel of his gun. Or just kind of nonchalantly just waving it around. This is a fucking gun <laughs> that but, he's doing this stuff But with. was this funny? Or was that funny before you saw the riff tracks, people? Because they riffed that so funny. Like, was that? Well, it's it's. I can't really say what what I discovered versus what has been shown to me because my discovery of Plan Nine from Outer Space came well after it had been noted of being a bad movie, and the things that I've read and the things that I've seen over the years. Um, that have told me that watch for the oh. tombstones falling over, mm-hmm. watch for the boom mic shadows, watch for you know the terrible airplane cockpit, which is just a shower curtain, you know. <laughs> yeah. So I don't, yeah, so I can't I can't answer that. I don't I doubt if there is any self discovery with the movie. Probably not, but uh, oh, I love it all the same. Yeah, going back to that riff tracks though, my favorite line in the whole thing, Tor Johnson is in in the movie too, uh, one of his more famous roles, and um, so much so that, like, Tor Johnson is probably known in history in pop culture for three things: as a Swedish wrestler, Plan Nine from Our Space. And a very, very popular Halloween mask from the 70s and 80s. That it wasn't necessarily the Tor Johnson Plan 9 from Our Space mask, but the mask was modeled after George Johnson's look from Plan 9 from Our Space. And it was a very, very big selling Halloween mask for many, 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 many years. Um, but So my favorite joke at one point, I don't even remember where it's at because it doesn't really matter, but just during, during one of Tor Johnson's scenes, one of the guys says... There's Tor Johnson, his um, named after what he did to his mother when he was born. <laughs> so I just I just didn't think you guys don't seem to have much to add on Planet Nine from our space. So I'll just sum it up with I just I just felt like I couldn't do an, this episode, at least the first of our ever Turkey episodes, right without. With, Without mentioning Plan Nine and bringing up Edward, the Godfather of Turkey. Yeah, really, he has never made a good uh. movie, <laughs> <laughs> and like all of his movies are. I don't know why Plan Nine has always came to the to the surface amongst all of his other films. Because they're all equally. Because they're all equally as bad for yeah. the same reasons. Yeah. Like the con. Like continuity of day, uh, daytime and nighttime is <laughs> another thing. Oh my god, so bad, so bad. And not just and what's what's crazy is 
not just the ones that he's directed, but also the ones that he's written. And obviously, like, all the dialogue is going to sound the same, you know, because of the stuff that he's written. But there's there's one that he did, there's a, there's a movie that he wrote, and it was based off of a novel that he wrote called Orgy of the Dead. And I want to find this book, first of all, because I, I do not know how this could have been a, a book. Because uh-huh. um, all it is is just, a, to sum it up, it's just a series of strip teases. But <clears throat> it has got some of the worst... Okay, it's daytime. Okay, now it's nighttime. Okay, it's daytime. Okay, now it's nighttime. Stuff I've ever seen. Ever. But it wasn't directed by him. The sets are horrible. Cardboard, you know, tombstones. Uh, the the makeup is bad. Um, the performances are just as, as horrible and stilted as, as any of his other productions. It's almost as if the director purposely wanted to make something as bad as his other films. But this was long before, still, that before Edward transcended from being like a shitty filmmaker to being like in held in high regard as a a bad filmmaker with his own personal vision. So it's yeah, it just boggles my mind that even even stuff he didn't direct still came out the same way, unless he really had his hands on, you know, it's like, yeah, I've done this for years. You can you can like shoot this scene in the day and this scene in the night, no one's gonna know. And that's how I imagine how Edward talked when he wasn't on camera. Oh, no. If we're on topic of Ed Wood, we've all seen the Tim Burton movie, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I just watched that again not too long ago. It's been f- so long. And that's probably my... I'm, I'm, I'm staying... I'm saying it right now. It's my favorite Tim Burton movie. And it's, it's probably a more biased, biased because of the um, <laughs> subject matter. Sure, sure. Um, but, uh, yeah. Thoughts on that movie, Ed Wood? It was awesome. Good it's been a long time since I've seen yeah. it. Yeah. Very well acted. I mean, got Johnny Depp in there who who does a great job, and um, Martin Landau does uh, so uh, Bella Gussie. who won an Academy Award for his performance yeah. as Bella, which is awesome. Yeah, that is. That, I forgot about that. that and Rick Baker's makeup, even the same year, won an Academy Award. I mean, how crazy is that? A movie, first of all, like, a movie that a is Hollywood not movie. for the mainstream audience. It was in black and white. It's about, it, it's a biopic about Ed Wood. And, and it, and it snaps two Academy Awards that year. Crazy. Well deserved, but just Crazy. That was one of the best parts about it, is that it brought Ed Wood to the mainstream a lot more than ever. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so maybe even that film is... Because I've had, like, over the years, people I'll be in conversations with that are obviously square to me, and they'll be like... <laughs> I, I've never really used that word before, so that felt weird, but anyway. It sounded weird. Yeah. So these, these normies... There, Normies. the last episode. <laughs> I've been talking with these normies, and then they'll reference Ed Wood, and I'll be like, what? How do you know about... Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> and the Ed Wood backstory, 
I mean, obviously, obviously, there was a lot that was fictionalized in the movie. Um, I, I'd say more than anything else, of like just the series of events were fictionalized, like the meeting of Bella Lugosi and the you know the meeting of Tor Johnson stuff like that. It, you know that was that was, and that's fine. And uh, you know it has to play those beats. It's a, it's an hour and a half film, and you have to kind of spice things up a little bit and what whatnot. But but the backstory of Ed Wood is is also just as bizarre and fascinating as as his as his films. And what's what's also awesome about his movies again is that they're all personal, and that's what also makes them so unique and special. Um, beyond the incompetence of the of the filmmaking quality, is that they're just all personal stories. If you watch any of his movies that he's directed and or written. There's always a fetish for Angora in every single one, um, and there's always there's always um, characters that are that are looked that are looked down upon in society, and and those are personal things coming from Ed Wood because he was openly a transvestite, you know. So yeah, so again, you you know, bizarre backstory is just as fascinating as the movies themselves. You got. A one a, a guy is so passionate about making film and making his own art, and he's also a cross dresser. And then you have and his and his main star is is a washed up um, horror actor who's addicted to drugs, and and one of his co stars is is a Swedish wrestler, and so it it's just a bizarre circle of a uh, of, of of a movie troupe. So though all those things have always really fascinated me about about Ed Wood and his movies, so just as much of the man as his and that's film. what was great about the Ed Wood movie is that like fortunately enough those films survived and then this movie was made to fill in all that that you didn't necessarily know and you got to you always felt the heart in the movies but then the movie Ed Wood let you see behind it and all that goes into making movies and into his life and all that stuff and so good yeah um interesting fact though about the movie uh and watching the the supplemental material is that the movie wasn't originally going to be shot in black and white but when they did the uh bell lugosi makeup tests they didn't think the makeup looked right they they just they couldn't put their they couldn't put their finger on why it looked off when they were um, showing some of the stuff that they when they were going back and looking at some of the stuff that they shot. So Tim Burton turned the color off on the monitor and then it looked awesome. And I think that is because like there's no such thing as colored pictures of Bela Lugosi. Mm. Like no one no one has a frame of reference that's alive now that <laughs> of what Bela Lugosi <laughs> looks like in sense. color. Yeah. So. That yeah, I thought that was awesome. And then and the interesting thing about Martin Landau's performance, and I loved. Uh, I wish I could understand acting more than I do, um, <laughs> just because like I can't under I can't grasp how this would how uh, the mindset of putting yourself into this. But the way he portrayed Bela Lugosi, and more in particular the accent, is that he was trying to do a Hungarian accent. As a guy who is Hungarian, 
trying not to do his accent. <laughs> because Bela Lugosi always really tried to, like, choke back his Hungarian accent. You know, but it's like Arnold Schwarzenegger, you know, that that's, you know, there's no way you're going to disguise, you know, cover up that accent. So, that was something that Bela Lugosi always tried to do, is is, is suppress his, his Hungarian accent. So, Martin Landau was trying to do, you know, Bela Lugosi with a Hungarian accent, trying not to do a Hungarian accent. How do you <laughs> workshop that? How do you do that? Anyway, um... One last thing about this, and I'll move on. You know, um, one of the also, you know, kind of going back to Deathbed is uh, with the popularity of Ed Wood on the movie, um, and it was based on a on a very popular book about Ed Wood's life. Um, I think it's called Look Back in Angora, and thanks to that, and thanks to. Um, uh, the popularity of Ed Wood being the best worst director, um, it brought. There was a movie called um, Night of the Ghoul, which is technically a sequel to um, Bride of the Monster, and technically, <laughs> it's part of a trilogy that Plan Nine from Outer Space is a part of. Because there's one character, um, there's one character that is a character in all three movies. And in Plan 9 from Outer Space, that character references subtly, which is something you wouldn't hear very often about Ed Wood, but subtly references Bride of the Monster, and then references both events in, in um, Night of the Ghoul. But Night of the Ghoul, uh, Ed Wood had completely run out of money and couldn't afford to buy his movie back from the lab. So it, it sat in a warehouse like forever and was never released until like all this popularity of Ed Wood came to surface, and then it got uncovered and was released by Rhino Video back in the day, so. Anyway, that's the last thing I want to say about Ed Wood. I feel like I've been going on for way too long, so. What other bad movies you guys want to talk about? Mm. Uh, Well, there's... There's the thing? There's the best worst movie, which is... Troll 2. I know we've talked about that probably quite a bit before, but can't go without mentioning it. Yeah, especially, like I said, for this first of our turkey episodes, um, we should probably get, you know, it's it's definitely um, probably been talked to death about, but it'd be a disservice not to bring it up and get it out of the way on this one, right? For sure. Yeah, Troll 2 is, yeah. is awesome. You don't want to so piss on good. hospitality, Mike. What's that, what was that? Just you don't want to piss on hospitality. You should bring it up. <laughs> <laughs> that is the best line of that movie. <laughs> Man, what, uh, what can what, what's left to be said about Troll Two? I I don't I don't know. Not much. <laughs> John, you've seen Troll Two, correct? Oh God! Here we go. Long ago, oh. <laughs> here we go. Actually, it's 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 been a long time. Uh, I can't even tell you the last time I saw it. Uh, Scream Factory is releasing a yeah dual disc of uh, Troll and Troll Two, so I plan on picking that up so yeah, I can refresh my memory of how shitty to, they are. Like yeah. they have anything to do with each other. Exactly, <laughs> trolls. 
trolls. They got trolls, right? No, troll two does not troll have trolls. They're goblins. goblins. Goblins, trolls are all short and ugly. <laughs> That's always been one of the thing, one of the funny things about this movie. It literally has yeah. nothing to do with the first no movie, and they don't even really have trolls. It's they're goblins. Yeah. 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 Yeah, because well, the first movie was sounds. actually very, a much higher production value, like, a lot better. <laughs> uh, What'd you say? The first one had was better? Yeah, better? I mean, yeah. you know, that was, by all standards it is, but... The the first one was a um, Charles Band production, I think it was from his Empire days, and it was directed and special effects by uh, John Carl Beekler. Um you know, um, Friday 13th Part 7 fame. And, and yeah, definitely, I mean, the effects are obviously way better. Um, yeah. You had better performances in it. I mean, for crying out loud, it has uh, Sonny Bono and Julia Louise Dreyfus in it. So, yeah. Instantly better than a dentist. <laughs> as far as acting goes. Um, and, uh, so I always wondered too, like how did, because I don't think th- this movie is even associated with Empire or Full Moon or Charles Band at all. So like, how did they even get the title rights I, to call it Troll? And you know what I mean? Yeah. Well, yeah. It's weird. weird. Yeah. Um, and I have a I have a DVD that says it's called the Fifty Worst Movies of All Time, um, and this was uh, this was made long. This DVD came out long before the Love for Troll Two. And the original troll is on that is mentioned on that DVD as one of the worst fifty. And I'm like, oh man, you guys haven't seen any, anything yet. You see, it's that troll too. Yeah, I mean, this, the first troll movie isn't that great either, but it's at interesting. Least it has trolls. I mean, the main yeah, characters, the protagonist's name is Harry Potter. So, what more do you need? I know, and I think there's like. Uh, I read something somewhere about like uh lots of connections. Yeah, yeah like like uh well, it's obviously coincidence, but like like a a, I don't a, know. a fun parody, a fun satire conspiracy theory on how like um, you know, this was the original Harry Potter and all that I, stuff. I should uh tweet JK Rowling and be like, "Were you inspired for your main character's name from this troll movie?" <laughs> See if she says anything. And he has like wizard like powers by the end of the movie too. Yeah, so. right. Yeah. Could be. <laughs> anyway, Patrol Two. Now, again, we're talking about ideas and storylines and plots, and that are just so in a completely different mindset than what you would normally see. This movie is about a town of trolls, or I'm sorry, goblins, who are vegetarian. Nilbog. Yeah, and, and Nilbog. That's goblin backwards! It's goblin spelled backwards! That are, these goblins are vegetarians, so what do they do? They kill humans and turn them into plants so they can eat them. Well, yeah. Instead of just eating <laughs> plants. <laughs> so they're, they're not made from people. <laughs> <laughs> so they're not really vegetarian? I mean, what? <laughs> There's obviously some kind of fetish for corn in this movie as well. Oh, yeah. 
that the popcorn scene shot factory posted a a caption contest ish thing the other day with a photo from the popcorn scene asking people to put in their two cents and i responded what did you I say said, i said taste this it's amazing oh <laughs> with an eye <laughs> awesome <laughs> I'm surprised that line wasn't actually used in the movie. I know. <laughs> I'm surprised as well. Oh, you know, and you just talk about, like, poor production value. Those goblins look horrible. <laughs> oh my god, they're so awesome. They're obviously little people in masks, because there's no articulation in the mask whatsoever, but the the designs of the mask are just, they look horrible. I mean, they almost look like they're just... Really bad paper mache mask. Yeah, I love the super googly eyed one. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's my favorite. But I mean, I love the effects with uh, Grandpa Seth for sure. Those are some of the best ones in the whole movie. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness! And once you see best worst movie, like it makes this movie even better. Oh yeah, yeah. Like yeah. that's the movie to watch right after it. Absolutely. Well, would or you watch instead it of it, instead <laughs> of it, because <laughs> it's so good. If you were gonna do a double feature, which would you watch first, the documentary or the or Troll Two? I don't know. Because we we said it we said at the beginning that all these movies are better with other people, um, and watching in, in a group setting. Uh, but I think this is one of them that you could probably get away with watching on its own only if you are doing a double feature with Best Worst Movie. I think you have to have that context to also really appreciate... I think appreciate. It, it depends on the audience. Like, if there are people who haven't seen Troll 2, you should definitely watch Troll 2 first. Yeah. yeah. Because otherwise it's going to spoil everything for you. <laughs> yeah, yeah but, I could see yeah. that, yeah. Yeah. If you've seen it, then... You want to be like, what the fuck? Yeah, yeah, exactly. You have to have those experiences to fully Seriously? understand. <laughs> yep. Troll 2. Troll I miss having Troll 2 movie parties. That was one of my favorite things to do in college. Like, I exposed so many people to this movie. It's ridiculous. Awesome. Did you, did you ever go all out, like, served green food or anything like that? <laughs> no, we did. I know that the website that they had, um, for a while they had, like, printable masks of some Aww. of the really shitty-looking goblins. So we oh, printed awesome. a couple of those at, for one of them, but that was probably about it, but... That's awesome. Yeah. So, um, also, the th- also the thing about Troll 2, and a lot of these movies, if you want to get into movies like Birdemic, <laughs> or um, where like the filmmakers have turned around and tried to say that the humor was intentional, or they've just embraced uh, what their movie has become, but what's unique about Troll 2 is Claudio um, Fagazio. I'm hoping I'm saying that somewhat correctly. Um, at least Claudio, right? Got that good? Um, 
that he still believes he made something amazing. And you, you learn that especially when you watch Best Worst Movie. And yeah, the, he's just so offended that people are laughing at his at his movie. Yeah. It makes it even more hilarious. And but kind of sad. Like, you feel bad for a second and you're like, oh, get over it. Like, <laughs> you made this. Yeah. Um, and as a filmmaker myself, I don't know. I, I kind of, I wonder how I would feel. I mean, obviously as a filmmaker, you want your films to take on their own life and have, and have a following. Mm-hmm. I don't know how I would feel if that following was was ironically because the movie was bad. Well, with you, you'd think it was awesome. <laughs> I probably would, because yeah, that's why our movies because are so bad. The um, idea of like, like you make them intentionally like dorky. Well, that funny because well, that's, that's a whole, just your sense of humor. Yeah, that's just that's just me, you know. But like, I I truly believe you cannot make an intentionally bad movie good you can't you can't do it on purpose which is why i still have never seen birdemic 2 because i have a because i have a feeling it's going to be trying too hard that's what i've heard yeah i've i don't know someone on the podcast said that it was just bad and like the sharknado movies is quickly right away transcended into that oh from the get-go yeah so you can't you can't you can't do this on purpose. So there there is there is a certain there is no formula to it, but there's a certain like it's it's, it's lightning in the bottle type of thing, where a movie transcend where it transcends from good to bad like this and gains cult following. I think I would I mean there would be part of me that'd be a little bit butthurt about it, but I would also embrace it and enjoy it and love it because. My movie is is being loved, even if it is for the wrong reasons, and and having movie parties across the country, across the world, and and people people mocking things in their you know uh, from the movie, you know, dressing up in costumes from characters from my movie. I mean, that's that shit just sounds amazing and awesome all the same. You know, um, it, it, you know, I there would probably like I said, it'd be a little bit of, um, where I'd be like a little taken back from it at first just because like I if my movie was revered as a bad movie that was awesome there would be that part of me of like well I I didn't see that as bad at first and you know where did I fuck up you know kind of thing so you know it's lights it's the lights camera kill thing like still to this day I don't understand why everybody laughs at the giant bag of cocaine <laughs> Because it's in every movie we've ever seen. Yeah. A much bigger bag of cocaine. Yeah. Why? But, I mean, there's a scene in our movie. There's two cops are talking, and, like, they plop down this big bag of cocaine. The only thing I could think of is, is like, we really... We do an overdramatic pause right before that bag plops down. But... You could say that about the performances of the entire movie. So why does that moment get so singled out? So... Whatever, but that's neither here nor there, and not appropriate conversation for a podcast that nobody has a frame of reference for. <laughs> anyway, I just, I just didn't know. I mean, like, I mean, Jason, how would you feel about that as being a partner in crime in filmmaking? If our, if one of the movies that we worked really hard on, um, I'm surprised it hasn't yet. 
Uh, I probably would prefer it for, like, compared to uh, how our films are received now, which is nothing. Yeah. Aww. Well, this is awkward. Do you guys want to come over to my uh, Demonica viewing party? <laughs> oh, your roller skates. Just kidding, guys. Love you. No. I... Once again, it was nice being on the podcast. <laughs> I always thought our movies were... I mean, I'm harder on our movies than you are. Then I am? Are you sure about that? Yeah, I'm always saying how not really... They're not that really good. But, wow. but like, we love making them. And it's, they're really fun to make. And I, I love them when we're done. But they're still not that good. There's, and that's okay. I mean, that's fine. There, I don't mean it, that bad. All of our movies, I, I have several cringeworthy them. moments or moments that I can't even look at the screen when we're watching them. So I'm I'm not delusional about our films. I know that there's like, you know, there's issues with all of them. It's no budget filmmaking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's still yeah, better than no a lot illusions. of no budget filmmaking that no we've illusions. suffered through. Yeah, better than Transformers. I'm just kidding. Oh, <laughs> oh. Transformers or Transmorphers? Because you can oh, probably God, say that about Transmorphers. That too. <laughs> There's a topic we should talk about: asylum films. Oh God, we could we could do five podcasts with their crap. <laughs> Jesus. Anyway, I yeah, I completely derailed things, but yep. I felt like we hit a stalemate on Troll Two, and I just got to thinking about my own film career. So, all right, maybe. Uh, what do you guys think? Any others you want to talk about? or? I just had one that I wanted to bring up. Okay. Not because it... I mean, it halfway fits with this episode. Um, because it's a bad movie. He's looking at me like we're in an but, intervention right now. No, I no, no. I can't no, wait no. to hear what he's no. going to say. But like, it's like peeling off the band-aid slow for me. But we haven't got to discuss this movie publicly yet, or with anyone. Okay. And we fucking hated it. It's just that it's not a good movie. But some people on this podcast have seen it and liked it. Oh, I think I know where you're going. <laughs> but I wanted to bring it up because we hadn't got to talk about it yet. So, so it, it's a little uh, off topic. It's a little right? off topic because it's not good to us. Yeah, it doesn't but tra- turn back around. No, but a lot of people like it. God, guys, no. Schindler Schindler's List is a, is a masterpiece. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what's wrong with you. I have a feeling you're peeing off the Band-Aid slow for John, right? That's right. Yeah. Cannibal Holocaust? No. Knock, I don't know where you're going with this. Though. Knock, knock. Knock knock. You like it? Hated it. Hated. Oh, I I loved it. Which see, makes me really it. scared to see Green Inferno now because it, I feel the you know like I'm dying to see Green Inferno, but everybody hated it. I hated Knock Knock, but everybody loves it. So why 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 do you hate it? Oh my god. Oh, I don't know where to begin. <laughs> Everything. I don't know where to begin. Honestly, I. Uh, it just the the ride that Eli Roth put me was trying to put me on. I just did did not like. It just it wasn't a ride that I wanted to be on. I hated those girls with every ounce of my soul. Not so much 
Um, the fact that, because you're not supposed to like them, right? Yeah, okay. But yeah. they were just annoying as shit. Everything that I hate about teenage girls um, was amplified tenfold in those two performances. Like, I have, I, have, I have daughters, so I know how annoying a group of teenage girls can be. So you take a group of teenage girls, amplify that by a thousand, and put them into two single female characters, and you have the most two most annoying female characters in all of cinema. They drove me up the fucking wall. And then it's just like... Okay, I get what you're trying to do here. This is like, okay, cheating on your wife is bad, blah, 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 blah. He did everything in his fucking power not to cheat on his wife. They all but raped him and then blamed him for for what he did and and ruined his life. Because they could. Because they're fucked up. It's, they are two crazy-ass bitches. So their motivation makes no fucking sense to me in this movie. But I like that. Just being... Just because they're nuts. Ugh. But there's... But there's no... <laughs> there's no resolution. There's no comeuppance. There should have been... There's... Not any point was there any... Anything... For the protagonist. Any... There's not any moment of... Even just the slightest moment of victory for the protagonist. In and this I think movie. that's why I like it. It's like, hey, we ruined your life. See ya, bye. It's very it's it's very nihilistic. Oh, yeah. Very nihilistic. Very. And I think that's why I think that's why Because like, <laughs> apparently Guess what, guys? Fucked up in the head. Oh. I don't know. I, I have a f I can't think of any off the top of my head. Surely there's gotta be movies in that vein. Even I Spit on Your Grave has some relief. Some Yeah, reward. there's still there's still some Counter Something for the it. protagonist, yeah. yeah. I mean, I mean, that's the whole point of that movie, right? I you know, know the whole rape revenge thing. But like, just even if there's this like one moment where the girls lose control, even just for a little bit, that would have made it a billion times better. But they were in complete fucking control of the whole situation at every turn, and and Keanu Reeves. N- Never got the upper hand, and it just kept going worse and worse and worse for him to the point where I didn't fucking care anymore. And so, why am I watching this? That's my thing. <laughs> <laughs> <clears throat> oh. uh, I'm getting worked up. This is because, like, I I generally love Eli Roth, love. and I feel like I I just don't under I just don't. I feel like I'm always on the opposite side of the Eli Roth discussion than every other every other horror fan or every other cinephile ever. Because the ones that I love, everybody hates, and the ones that I the one I now hate, everybody seemed to like. Yeah. <laughs> the fuck, man. <laughs> Jason, what else? Uh. You summed it up really good, better than. I can't. Afterwards, I was so pissed off. Um, I mean, like, legit pissed. Well, it was like, I don't know, I think it was just too realistic, too, and like... uh, Yeah, I just... (laughs) It was... The message was clear. Yes. You know, so it was like a one-trick pony, this movie, that was very clear and obvious, but then, like, it was way, it was way too much for what it was. 
I mean, I don't know. <laughs> uh, we should have recorded our discussion uh, yeah, after, so. after the fact. Because <laughs> it was over, we so looked at each other and, and like we walked around a little bit. We didn't say anything for five minutes, which never happens. Yeah. And I'm like, oh shit. So I'm afraid to say anything because I knew I didn't like it. I was afraid to in case he did like it. And then I was afraid to say I didn't like it because Jason likes everything, and I know gets <laughs> gets so butt hurt when I say I don't like something. And then you guys discussed how you could get rid of me off the podcast because I liked it. Yeah, we're like, <laughs> no, we got a really question. On this. Oh no. shit, he's gonna be pissed. No, because we need that counterpoint. That counterpoint that makes what that's what makes good podcasting. Yeah. So I, I, I mean, liked yeah. the movie a lot. I I thought Keanu Reeves did a great job. The oh, girls he was, are fat, he was crazy. great. He was great. I. I liked his performance. His um, pizza speech was oh, awesome. Fucking awesome. That was the best yeah. part of the movie. His when his speech when he unleashed on the girls. I mean, that was that was incredible. But just I, uh, I mean, yeah, we totally questioned your taste in films. <laughs> that was part of our after film discussion. Well, I we're do like. like so. I know. That's what we're like. How does this guy? He's up and down. I can't. They're just gonna blame you, Jason. I mean, you're the one that invited me. So. It's all your fault. I know. So what, what? What? So help us see the light, John. What, why is this a good Eli Roth movie? Because it's better than all the other ones. Oh my god! Oh, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I don't know. There's just something about. I always like movies where there is like zero motivation. Like the strangers. Um, I'm t- totally blanking here. Like the strangers. The they're like, hey, why? Why are you attacking us? You know, like because you were home. Yeah. Like I like that. I mean, even. Even before uh, everything gets batshit crazy with uh, the Halloween series, I mean, really, it just seems like Michael Myers is doing it for the fuck of it. Yeah. And I think that the, that's why I like Knock Knock, because it's these two sexy girls that seem innocent at first, and then they're just like, nope, going to ruin this guy's life because, shit, it's Wednesday. I mean, you got a great point. I love Halloween. I love The Strangers. So why, why did the, or is it okay for those and not this one, Jason? Because it was so shitty. Maybe <laughs> maybe he did too good a job. No, I meant it was shitty for him, for Keanu. Yeah. I mean, what they did was fucking horrible. I don't yeah. know. Was it worse than in the Strangers? No, they actually died. Like anytime, Liv Tyler dies. Well, it, you know. Well, you know what the fuck. <laughs> Because the strangers was scary and suspenseful, and there right. and, and there was this this wasn't a horror yes there was movie. no motivation this was a dark comedy yeah I think a dark comedy that's not funny uh, like yeah. I I wanted to punch the movie when that little <laughs> I to when punch the, the movie in the face when the wife and the kid comes home at the end and the kid oh, said yeah. daddy had a party I wanted to punch the movie in the fucking face right cause... I kicked it I kicked it right in the credits. It was to throw in the comedy right there at the end was way weird and not did not like it at all. Ugh. And I don't know. I think if if like I can't put my finger on it, but I think if just one thing, if just something 
was just a little bit different from the movie. I would have probably gone from hatred to almost kind of liking it. Because I could almost find that moment, I can almost, in a different scenario, almost find that moment funny when he finally gets his hand free and is trying to hit cancel on his phone, but he actually hits, like, the heart symbol or whatever, and he's just like, fuck! That could have been funny, but by then it was way too late for me to eat, to care, or not be pissed off. Um, I don't know, and maybe it was because, like, Michael Myers and the guys from The Strangers don't talk. I don't know. Uh. It's like, seriously, because like, both those movies, Halloween, Strangers, that's scary, that's suspenseful, and that's what makes that that non-motivated, those non-motivated killers work. You know? You don't know who they're going to strike, because there is no rhyme or reason for it. And and you're in suspense, because you want to know why this is happening to these people. Um... And, and they don't talk, and you don't see their faces, and that's what makes it... Also, the unknown is what makes it scary and creepy. Was this harder for you to take because it was... Um, the gender was switched? Compared to strangers and... Well, it's... Well, I mean, most bad guys in all of our movies that we watch are all dudes. Almost always. This time the girls got to pick on the dude, and I don't know. I, I almost because I almost feel like that they had this whole sense of self righteousness about them too. Yeah, like like the movie was almost trying to force me to believe that these girls are doing the right thing. Like this is like like a um, like a morality tale, right? And the morals were horrible. That's what I fucking hated about it. It's like, you can't take my dick out of my pants yeah, and then tell me I'm the bad guy because I let you. I, it's like the it was such a thin line of m- real morality because they did every... You know, I'm not trying to defend cheating, but like... Yeah, it was such a thin line of what they were standing on, or what this we thought this movie was based upon, and you know because that's what we're led to believe through most of the movie is that this is why they're doing it, not because they're just batshit crazy. Yeah, you know, I mean, just doesn't... like how far would he had to have gone for them to? Because there's that moment at the end where she's just like, "I really thought you were going to be the one this time." So they're look. It's it's like their goal is they're out there looking for the guy that's going to tell them no and be the good guy and be the good husband and and have proper morals. But how far how far does that guy have to go to prove his morality? Because they push the envelope way beyond the point of no return. Like how many times does he have to say no for them to be like, oh, "Okay, this guy's a good guy. He's not going to cheat on his wife. We're going to we're going to spare him." Cuz he did for many, many times. He was trying to push him away when they were sucking on his dick. Anyway. Yeah. I just so that made for me the story was bad. It was not strong. No, if he if he would have jumped on him right away, then you know, the whole movie would really, have made a really lot got more what sense. he deserved, sure, yeah. or whatever. But it was such a weak plot. Another movie I compared this to when you and I were talking after it was done was Hard Candy, which you said you still haven't seen. No. Oh, I love that movie. Me too. 
movie. Oh my god, that movie's so good. So good. <laughs> and that, to me, is how Knock Knock... I don't think they trust you anymore, John. <laughs> they, well, Jason doesn't, but that's okay. <laughs> um, but I think, to me, that's how that story should play out. Like, either he is truly just an asshole who deserves what's coming to him, or or even... Cause, we're even looking at it from another perspective of like there's there's a lot of tension in that movie because because Juno does not always have the upper hand. <laughs> Sorry, Ellen Page does not always have is not always in control in that movie. Sometimes she loses control of the situation and it becomes and that's where where some some of the moments become tense and suspenseful because you're like oh fuck she's gonna. She's she's gonna she's not gonna win in this scenario, she, you know. And there was none of that in this movie either. So one, you have a character you like too much that never gets the upper hand, ever. In knock, and they actually killed a dude. Yeah, the the friend or whatever uh-huh. the art guy. You know, it's, yeah, yeah. I just. And there's fucking holes in their fucking plan, left and right, anyway. <laughs> but they're pretty, they'll get off. See, fuck that. Uh, <laughs> sorry if we ruined anything, Terry. <laughs> I'm we not just told you everything. You guys. Oh. She fell asleep, too. <laughs> I would really be curious, I mean, yeah, I kind of wish maybe we didn't have this discussion. Because oh. I kind of want to know what uh, um, Terry does think of it. Because I don't think I've heard yet a female perspective on this movie. Mm-hmm. And all the reviews that I've read and heard. Well, good thing I didn't listen to you. Thank goodness. Anyway, moving on. <laughs> so watch it, Terry. Let me know what you think. Okay. Oh, that was fun. We haven't <laughs> had a nice... Pumping. What's that? We haven't hated a movie in a while, so... Yeah, we haven't had a nice heated discussion like that on this show in a long time. I still love you, John. Yeah, we still have. I don't know why. I just do. Gonna miss being on the show. (laughs) (laughs) Oh no, we we need we need you on the show so we can keep telling you you're wrong about your opinions (laughs) on movies (laughs) and feeling better about. This is gonna happen every episode now. You're like, and that's the end of the episode. By the way, John, you're still wrong about knock knock. (laughs) You suck. No, every time we talk about movies and you say an alternate view, we write it down. <laughs> it will come back. That'll be the year-end episode. Yeah. John said this. this John, John was wrong about like this. <laughs> I can't believe he liked this. Hey, you know that time you liked that movie, John? Wrong! <laughs> oh, my gosh. That would actually be a really good year-end yeah. episode. <laughs> <laughs> Two hours of saying... Hey, you like this? Nope. I can't believe you did that. You're you like so that wrong. Fuck you. You're stupid. Nope. <laughs> oh, uh, uh, good yeah. times. Good times. Good times. Yes. All right. So maybe we should start wrapping things up here. Um, unless there's any bad movies that are good that we want to talk about. <clears throat> no. All right. Cool. Let's take a break. When we come back, it'll be segments time. And we're back. It's time for segments. And let's start off with a little ego stroking. 
and go to some shout-outs. I only call it ego-stroking because I I feel like people actually pay attention to us when we do shout-outs. People are listening to the show and hanging on our every word. So what do we got for shout-outs this week, uh, Jason? It's time for... Shout-outs! Alright, so we just asked what your favorite bad movies are. And we got a nice little list today. Oh, um, I can't wait, I'm excited. Uh, we got a new commenter, I think. Uh, Jacqueline Lucenhop says, Love Object. Ooh, I don't know this movie. I still movie. have no clue what she's talking about. Is she a friend of yours? Yeah. Uh, she said uh, it. She's told me about it, I still have no clue what she's talking about. She said it was, a stra- it was strange and ended kind of funny. LOL. My sister and I still make fun of it. Huh. And I, yeah, she put a link to She's IMDb. Crazy. She's. You can just ignore her. Oh, okay. She won't listen to this, it's okay. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, Cobra Commander, he, uh, Willis Wheeler says, Blood Gnome. Oh, yeah, Blood Gnome. Yeah, that is bad. And our pal Lewayne White says, Oh, my God, Blood Gnome is crazy. Awesome choice. <laughs> Blood gnome's bad, but Blood is it good? Bad. Uh, I could wrong? no, I could see it. I could see how it, because it is batshit crazy, and yeah. All right, and then we have Greg Adams. He says Blood Dolls, and one I know you love. Wait, Blood Dolls? That's a full moon, isn't it? I, I think, think so. so. Yeah, and head, head of the family. Also a full moon movie. Yeah. So, yeah, okay. But why but those yeah. two out of the entire catalog of bad movies? Oh. Why do he those must work for a full moon. Okay. What's that? He must work for full moon. Yeah, no, I just meant, like, why oh. those two full moon movies out of their out of Because full they're moons? all bad? Yeah, exactly. Right. <laughs> they're, like, all bad. Why not bad I channels? Like those that... movies. No, yeah. I yeah. love bad oh, channels. Yeah. Oh, me too. I was going to say, that's probably <laughs> one of my favorite full moon movies. Like I so want a full. I want to find an album by that like psycho. What's the name of that? Um, fuck. My buddy will kill me for forgetting. But anyway, he's I, got. I think he's got some of their music. So I'll uh, hit him up. Oh, cool. That'd be awesome. Cause I, I think he does. Because I I love that movie and I love the music in that movie so much as I actually own yeah. the soundtrack to Bad Channels and it's nice. got it's got two of their songs on it, not just the one that they. Yeah. That... That whole band was kind of weird because it was like they were trying to release stuff and then it didn't come out until like the 2000s. I don't know. It was something super bizarre. Well, they they kind of had like a uh, mindless self-indulgence kind of sound to but, them. But good. Like, well, yeah, and decades <laughs> before that sound ever really became a thing. So. Is it Psycho Stick? Is that what that is? Yes, Mike loves Psycho Stick. No, that's, that is, it is different. Psycho Stick different? is different. Okay, God, yeah. who the f- but you love up. Psycho Stick. But I do love Psycho Stick. But that's, that's what I... Okay. Yeah, that... Right, we'll discuss other movies and then I'll... Okay. Then <laughs> uh, Jack Christensen says, The Stuff. How awesome. How is that not mentioned? Yes. Nice. Um, Hollywood Chainsaw Hookers. Woohoo! Yeah! Woo-hoo! That's another fave. Fulci's House of Clocks. I'm Ooh. glad I slowed down and read that better. House of Clocks. <laughs> House of Clocks. <laughs> that's an interesting pick for... for a out of Fulci's catalog too, because it's it's not a very well known. 
And it was a made-for-TV movie over in Italy, too, towards the end of his life. One of the last ones that he made. It, I like it. I think it's good. Yeah, Jack says it's pretty awe-inspiringly bad, but it's not really good bad. <laughs> I liked it. <laughs> but you like it. But, you know, I'm very biased to That's Italian true. stuff, so... Um, Brian Angel says Silent Night, Deadly Night Part 2. Oh my god, yeah. Garbage day. <laughs> Garbage day. <laughs> I knew you had to do that. Anyway. Uh, Nicole Ware says Ginger Snaps and Ginger Snaps 2. Why? Wait, whoa, I, whoa. I, yeah. Does she Sorry, need... those are actually good movies. Those are great I, movies. Actually good. There's no bad bone... In a frame of those movies. <laughs> Fuck that. Alright, I'm sorry you're kicked off the podcast, Nicole. <laughs> I, I still love you, Nicole. Uh-huh. But you're wrong. <laughs> uh, Jesse Benart Ronman says, Killer Clowns from Outer Space. That's two in a row. Oh, I don't know if I like segments anymore, man. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> used to be my favorite, but nope. Uh, Dave Simmons says, House of a Thousand Corpses. What? No, <laughs> you're right. That one's just bad. Oh, I oh, yeah. I like that movie I for what that it is. Movie. I like House of a Thousand Corpses, and I don't think it's a bad movie that transcends the good. It's just a, it's just a good movie. It's just bad. This is my segment. It's, <laughs> it's just, just bad. A All right, fine. Uh, Jason Kingery says our pal Liarfish says nine seven six evil. I can actually see that. Yeah. 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 Because it's, it's batshit it's crazy, not, there's a lot of stuff that doesn't make sense. It's, it's too bad, because it's yeah. Robert England's directorial debut. But uh, it's not directed very well, and performances <laughs> are really uh, it's shitty first too. So. But, it's, it, but it's a fun ride to watch. Yeah. Uh, Corey Morgan says Troll 2. Of Friends course. With Terry, instantly. <laughs> and lastly, we have Matt Pike. Says one of my favorites, Jack Frost. <laughs> yeah. Love, oh, that's so good. Love it. So not good. Anyway, and. But it's awesome. But it's so awesome. Obviously, the rocking chair scene, we don't Dude. have to go into it. Oh, okay. <laughs> no, we've done it a hundred times. It's our fourth year of podcasting. We've said it a hundred times. If you're going into the holiday season, we have to talk about the, the rocking scene. I Jack know. Frost. <laughs> And then also Trick or Treat, 1986. Wait, which one? Trick or Treat. Trick or 19, Treat. I assume. Yeah. Which, which bums me out, because I've seen that on bad movie lists before, too. There's a, a YouTube show I watch called um, Best of the Worst, and they had Trick or Treat on there one time. And it bums me out, because I, I sincerely love that movie. I don't love that movie because it's a bad movie. I, I just really like that movie. I, I guess I, I can see it, because it is... Yeah. But it comes back good. It comes back good. Yeah. It starts good for me, though. Oh. I'll just say that. It's dated. (laughs) It's definitely dated. And that's all we have on Facebook and nobody on Twitter. And remember, you can always call 415-952-6857 or 415-95-AOTKP to leave your comments. I wonder if that phone number still works, because it's been a while since... Well, I was going to ask that. I was just going to ask that, too, because it's been a long time since we've had a phone call. Call. 
<laughs> I'll check into that. Maybe it doesn't work. Anyway, uh, that's shoutouts. And if you're out there listening, uh, leave us a comment if the phone number does if the phone number is not working. <laughs> Because uh, we've got a promo for it and everything. We should probably, if it doesn't work anymore, we should probably uh, stop advertising the, the phone number. All right, thank you, Jason, for shout outs. You bet. That was very shout out. Oh, God, it's uh, late. Um, Terry, let's go over to Terry now. <laughs> Do some wicked ow. words. Swear, Terry. Ow, ow, ow. ow. Introduction, Mike. Uh, okay, this time around, I'm doing a comparison of a Clive Barker book, which I have not done yet, I don't believe. Um, well, this is actually a novella, The Hellbound Heart, which is what Hellraiser was based on. Uh, pretty short read. Um, it took me like a little over an hour, I think. Um, and Hellraiser was um, a screenplay and the movie was directed they were by Clive Barker so you can imagine that it was a pretty close adaptation from the novella Um, there's a few key differences Um, in the movie uh, the guy uh, who plays Larry in the book, his name is actually Rory, and um, from what I've seen, apparently they they requested that it be changed so the movie seemed more American for some reason because Rory's not an American name apparently. I don't know, but um, and also Kirsty is not um, Larry's daughter, or yeah, it's not Larry's daughter. In the book, she is actually someone who is a friend who is like secretly in love with him instead of being his daughter, which is kind of a a weird change, but at the same time, it kind of adds more of a connection, which is crucial to the movie. Um, yeah, there's not. I mean, the Cenobites um, they show up less in the book than they do in the movie because they're obviously more cool to look at than to read about. I mean, they just, you can't really visualize. And they're pretty, um, the descriptions of them in the book are pretty vague, and you don't get a lot about them. Uh, Like, Pinhead wasn't actually even named in the book, Um, just sort of described. And that character was actually a female in the book. Mm. Yeah. and there's there's a few differences in some of those creatures, but um, one of the big you know there's a lot more of emphasis on the whole pleasure part of the Cenobites in the book because mm. that's supposed to be you know right they do all these awful things to you, but it's so that you experience like the absolute edges of what you can experience. Whereas in the movie, they pretty much just go to, like, tearing Frank completely apart, like, as soon as he goes to their world. 
But yeah, pretty close adaptation. Super quick read if you can find it. I had I found it online. There was a free PDF version that I found, so you can find it that way. But it's it's interesting to compare it to the film if you want to check it out. Cool, cool. Now I'm pretty excited because this is the first time you saw Hellraiser, right? That I remember, yes. And? I, I think I'd seen part of it before, but um, it's pretty gross. Yeah, <laughs> goddamn I, classic. Yeah. I, uh, I know. I feel. I felt bad because I'm like, how can I really call myself a horror fan not seeing one of the most iconic horror films? But, um. Yeah, no, it, it was good. Uh, definitely shouldn't have been trying to eat my dinner. No, <laughs> while I was watching it, that was a mistake right away at the very <laughs> beginning. I was like, "Nope, gonna have to wait." <laughs> um, this the effects were actually pretty awesome. Oh yeah, I was still like, held up good. Oh yeah, good. for sure. Um, <laughs> I fully understand why everyone's so scared of the box now. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. Uh, <laughs> well, I, I hope you can. I hope you can watch part two soon too, because they go hand in hand. They're a wonderful pair, and yeah. yeah and I wonder. I think that I kind of, from what I've seen, that part, a little part of the novella, kind of plays into that too. Oh, so awesome. I should follow up on that. But yeah, no, it was good. Um, is there more from the Cenobites in the oh, second, yeah. like the other movies? I figured, because... Because then it gets into the- a franchise, and they want monsters, you know? Yeah. So the oh, filmmaking yeah, part sure. definitely takes over. Well, and they're, they're like the coolest part oh. of the first movie, mm-hmm. you yeah. know? I mean, not that the special effects done on Frank weren't amazing. Like, the, the guy, you know, the guy who's re constructing himself yeah that was pretty sweet yeah uh, i love part two yeah i think i i think i thought it's like part two better than yeah, one even, even more yeah. i feel like almost the entire franchise is on netflix right now for some reason whoa a good chunk of them are yeah like most uh, of them well you only three, need one and two i like three <laughs> Sort of. Sort of. Yeah, you like Knock Knock, oh, too. Oh, that's true. Oh, <laughs> there it is. Okay. I am partial to three because uh, uh, Terry Farrell is from Cedar Rapids. Oh, yeah. And I like the... I mean, it's such a 90s movie. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, CD head. I still like it. But what are your thoughts on Bloodline? I always feel like I'm one of the few that actually liked Bloodline. Uh, when I saw it back when it came out on VHS, I hated it. Yeah. I thought it was... Because, I mean, I was already a huge fan of the, the uh, first few movies. Sure. And I was like, this is so ridiculous. I mean, the, the they're supposed to be French, but they all have English accents and all this shit. And I, you know, I just hated it for all the, the dumbest reasons. I watched it again recently on Netflix, and I enjoyed the movie this time around. Oh, okay. I mean, I, I overlooked all the, the the stupid shit. Yeah. And I, like, actually paid attention to the story. I do like how the uh, Lament configuration came about and all that stuff. I mean, I still think the ending is kind of cheesy, but I still still like it. I don't want to spoil it for, for uh, Terry. Yeah, I, I've, I've always really liked Bloodlines. Um, I like it more than three. 
but I, I just like the idea, the concept of this this cursed family line that yeah, and you're seeing things through the decade, through the centuries. And yeah, that was really really cool. I, I like I said, I hated it the first time, but it it definitely you know years later was a much better movie in my eyes. And comparatively to everything that came after, it's fucking awesome because everything that came after is like blood. I took a shit three days ago that's better than anything that happened after that. Oh god, they're so bad. They're so bad. Hellworld and... Is Hellworld uh, the computer one? I think so. They're just... Oh. Yeah. Inferno was another one, right? Inferno? Inferno. Hellseeker. Oh, Hellseeker. And then... And then the the chubby one. That's all. I... With the the last one, the, the last one, one without Doug Bradley, you mean? Yeah. Chubby yeah. pinhead. Yeah, yeah, chubby pinhead. I refuse to watch that. Need oh to, yeah. Need looks... to pull a couple pins out, let some air out of that. Okay. <laughs> then right. out a little. Well, bit. anyway, watch part two. I'm glad you got to see it again and liked it. That's cool. For sure. Well, we should move on. We got uh, one more super awesome segment left tonight, guys. Guess what? That's right. It's time for Insane Spooks. <laughs> okay, in Saints Picks for this episode, I'm doing something um, quite a bit different than what I normally do because you say I that every time. By the way, <laughs> I'm just saying, I totally hit the brakes on your segment there. I don't know why. <laughs> And you're just looking at me like that. Now who's off the podcast? Uh, I'll just go back over here. So that was in Saints Picks. (laughs) Oh, dang it. So, no, I feel like this whole episode is nothing but in Saints Picks. So (laughs) um, I thought I would kind of give you my own little personal history of my love for movies that are so bad that are good. Um, There's a lot of things that that, that we've even said in this episode that can contribute to the cult of fandom for bad cinema. Um, you know, like the movie Ed Wood, like we talked about before. Um, uh, but you could you can go back even further. MST3K, obviously, a huge influence on the on the love for cult cinema for bad for cult cinema, bad cinema. Um, but even going back further than that, uh, could could all of this started with the midnight movie culture from the seventies? Uh, like the Rocky Horror Picture Show and the audience participation thing. Um, uh, for me, it all started, and I think, and personally, I think it really started with um, with two film critics, two brothers, Harry and Michael Medved, and a series of books that they wrote, which started with uh, the one that really um, that really cult- um, catapulted bad cinema into the spotlight. And that was the Golden Turkey Awards. Uh, they had written several books on the topic, um, including a sequel to the Golden Turkey Awards called Son of Golden Turkey Awards. Um, <clears throat> and these books are awesome. And it was really thanks to Harry and Michael Medved that resurrected Ed Wood's filmography and brought it back into the general masses as being... These are the guys that crowned Ed Wood as the worst director ever. And these are the guys that crowned 
Plan 9 from Outer Space as the worst movie of all time. So it was these guys and these books that did it. So, um, and I remember reading these books from my local public library. Yes, Terry, I have um, <laughs> read books in the library before. They had pictures. They do have pictures, <laughs> damn it. <laughs> Lots of pictures. And so many pictures. So many pictures. And so, so much so, I ended up having to buy these books. But I read these books. Um, back when I was like in, in junior high, and that's when it really started with me. These books, and then of course Attack of the Killer Tomatoes, which is a topic for another day. But uh, um, and just going through these books and seeing all these amazing things, and not having any idea, because when you're younger like that, you just think like you know movies are always these like big, epic, magical things that uh, that um, are perfect and. There's no such thing There is bad movies. And then picking up these books and learning that the reason why a movie called Rat Fink A Boo Boo is called Rat Fink A Boo Boo because they misspelled it on the poster and they didn't have enough money to make a new poster so they just retitled the movie Rat Fink A Boo Boo, which doesn't even make any fucking sense. And. and, and yeah. And, instead of and, it's uh, yeah. Um, learning that and learning, um, about, uh, John Wayne once played Genghis Khan in a movie, uh, learning, uh, about the cardboard tombstones that get knocked over in Plan 9 from Outer Space, learning about a movie called The Creeping Terror, which is about a, a alien carpet that kills people, um... And a movie that uh, that the film director had lost all the sound equipment, so they had to ADR the whole movie in post. Learning all these things, all these crazy, crazy things about all these crazy movies from these books just it made my mind explode and um, made me want to learn more and more about this type of cinema. I mean, th- there is categories, and they treat all these... Um, all these movies in these books as if they are at an actual word ceremony. So each chapter is like... Let me find some of these chapters here. <clears throat> Most idiotic ad lines in ho- in Hollywood history. Most embarrassing nude scene in Hollywood history. Worst performance by Ronald Reagan. <laughs> Worst biker movie of all time. Um, trying to find one of my favorite ones. And another one that made me really be like holy cow i can't believe this type of cinema exists i think it's this one here most ridiculous cowboy hero in hollywood um 170 here <clears throat> and the nominees are pistol packing chimpanzee in the little covered wagon in 1933 range riding robot battling radio station owner in radio ranch in 1935 a guitar slinging midget on a uh, in a uh, on a pony in Terror in Tiny Town. Oh yeah, I forgot about that one. So, and I'm reading this stuff, and I'm like, "This is a movie, Terror in Tiny Town, a western starring an all little people cast, and it's a musical." Mm-hmm. So, it was a it was a huge eye opener for me. 
that there's a whole other world out there as far as cinema goes. And these books made me want to learn a heck of a lot more. So I'm forever um, grateful to Harry and Michael Medved and the Golden Turkey Awards books. And so much so that this episode was even named after it. So if you get a chance, if you can find these books, give them a read. They're awesome. Like I said, they've written other books as well. 50 Worst Hollywood Movies of All Time is another one. Um, if you can find them, check them out. They're really good, um, especially if you want to learn more about bad cinema. So that's Insane's Picks for this episode. Uh, the Golden Turkey Awards books by Harry and Michael Medved. Woo! Woo! Turkey. All right. So that's it, folks. We are so full of turkey right now. I'm ready for a nap. <laughs> and nap. corn. And corn. Uh, <laughs> 3 a.m. is going to be a lot of fun. <laughs> oh, man. All right. Any final thoughts from anybody? Knock, knock is still awesome. No, I don't know about that. <laughs> I fucking hated it. Ladies and gentlemen, I had fun on my last podcast. <laughs> oh, no. We need you. We need you. Uh, <laughs> so you can make fun of me for liking Knock, Knock. Exactly. And other movies, too. Um, <laughs> most people <laughs> need three. most people need a group to watch these movies. Some of the some of us are touched and don't need a lot of people. I am a little special. So, but again, that's another thing that makes bad movies so great is that it's a whole new movie watching experience. And I I, I love I love when I love cinema so much that I just I want to experience different things and new things when it comes to, to cinema. You know, whether it be 3D or or a crowd of people screaming um, obscenities at the screen at Rocky Horror Picture Show. Or getting a group of friends together and sitting down and watching something really shitty and making cracking jokes, um, doing one-liners, Mystery and just Science having Theater. so much fun watching something so bad yeah mr science theater 2000 definitely helped create the world of Mm -hmm. enjoying bad movies so ultimately it's it's a lot for the experience and um and that's what makes these these movies so much fun so thanks everybody for listening thanks everybody for being on guys appreciate it yeah take your time out of your uh thanksgiving schedule to uh be here for this so uh (laughs) Got some great stuff coming up here, guys. We're getting towards the end of the year. Um, got a couple oh, more yeah. episodes for the end of the year, so I'll be on the lookout for our uh, best of. best of episode we do every year. So, so thanks for listening. We'll talk to you guys later. Bye. Bye bye. Later. Oh, could this be the end of? <laughs> wow.